Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. I'm Dave and I'm here with Richard. Rich, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, buddy. I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring this week. Oh, really? How, how far along are you? Um, still pretty much uh, in the beginning. I've beaten the first boss. Which, uh, which one is that? Um, God, Godric. Oh, Godric the Grafted? Yeah. He was a bitch to beat. That's actually where I am in the game. I beat him. And I haven't played since then, though. I've had I've actually had more than a week off. I've had about two weeks off because I found him a tough fight. Uh, how did you find him? Um, yeah, no, he is. He's definitely tough. Um, it, it was weird. I was just I was struggling with him on when was it? I think Wednesday night. Yeah, and I rage quit. Yeah, uh, and then Thursday afternoon, I just popped the game on and I beat him within four attempts. So. Wow. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta rage quit, take a break. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and then I actually beat him quite, uh, quite easily on the fourth attempt. Actually, right. I, I still had like quite a few vials and all that. So wow. somehow I just clicked on that fourth attempt and I just smashed him. Well, it was funny with me with you. I really struggled with him, and um, I, I probably fought him fifty times before I beat him, and, and twice I beat him when my guy died, so I didn't get the win. And um, yeah, and so in the final one, I was down to my last vial, but my two guys were still going, my spirit and um, and the other, you know, the woman who helps. And he was so close to dying that I actually stood back and let them just finish the job because it was it was like a thimble, and I didn't have much health. So I thought rather than risk it, you know. Let, let them incrementally get in for just that last tiny bit and I got the win. But I must admit, after that, I just charged. I, I did a little bit of exploring in the next section, but I was so tired and exhausted that I've actually had a break. Um, but I'm kind, of, I'm kind of ready to get back into that world. I mean, what do you think of the game? Because I, I think it's very strong. What do you think? Oh, no, it's, it's beautiful. It's like I, I, said to, I said to my other friend the other day, I said it's, it's the most frustrating, like it's, it's a frustrating game, mm. but it's so addictive at the same time. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you, yeah. ju- you just want to keep. You, you, no matter how frustrating you get and you rage quit, you still just want to. Like, I just want to play it more. Like it's just one of those really addictive. And it's the thing is massive. Like mm. you know, I'm level. I'm level forty. I'm in that that new area of. I'm I'm working my way to the second story boss, mm. and um and that's only like a a sixth of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the thing is huge. The game is just absolutely. Do you know? Huge. And apparently, there's almost- like a hundred bosses. Yeah, you know, Dion's almost finished it twice now. Like, really? Oh, 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 no, but when you say finish, you mean he's just done the story stuff, right? He hasn't killed all yeah. 100 bosses, has he? No, I don't think he's done that. But he's definitely completed the, um, you know, the story once, and then he's almost completed it again. Yeah, but, the, the, I mean, that's fine. But, I mean, the story's just the story. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm I'm more taking my time with it, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, before I got to Godric, I was just I, I was running around the first area and I was yeah. just uncovering yeah. all the hidden, you know, caves and um, uh, mausoleums and oh, stuff yeah. and all that. And, yeah, and sure. I think I've, I've, I've beaten at least a, about a dozen side bosses already. Yeah, just, those guys. Um, I've even got the, I've got the, um, the Game of Thrones sword. It's really? a sword that's made up of, of smaller swords. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's cool. Wow. Uh, and what, so, yeah. what, what weapon is that? Is that like a two-handed sword or what is that? 
It's a two-headed massive sword, but yeah. I can't equip it because I need a strength of forty. So, gotcha, yeah. I, I think I, I, yeah, I beat that boss, but I can't even equip the weapon just because so, I'm well, so low. What's level. your build? Is you, are you a mage? What are you? What are you focusing? No, on? I'm, uh, I'm going for a faith build. So I, uh, I'm playing as the confessor, mm. and I'm, I'm doing a faith build. So a paladin build, basically, um, cool. where I'm, I'm going to be focusing more on. Um, uh, incantations and, and faith stuff. I'm not really going for like a, a warrior build. I just want to yeah. have a nice uh, mix. Um, I've, wrote, I've got this really cool ability where I basically shoot lightning out of my eyes. Cool. That's cool. Uh, I can't use it too much though because otherwise it drives my character crazy. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it gives him madness. If you use it too much, because you get a oh. bar when you use it. Oh. If you fill up that bar, then your character basically su uh, succumbs to madness. Wow. And what happens then? Uh, well, you take a massive hit to um, your health. So, I mean, if you don't right. have a lot of health, it can't it can kill you. Wow. Okay. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm level 41. I know that. I've And as I said, I haven't played for almost two weeks because uh, I was just so exhausted. Um, I'm actually going to play some Assassin's Creed Siege of Paris uh, this weekend. Uh, I want to okay. play Siege of Paris. Um, I just, I've just, I, I've just had such a busy, stressful week at work that I actually don't need anything too hard. If you know what I mean, like, I actually, I, <laughs> and that's fair enough. That's fair yeah, enough. I mean, I, it's, it's really a game that will piss you off. So yeah, <laughs> I just, I'm just in that mode where I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired. Uh, I, I do want to play a game, and I, and you know, but um, no, it's 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 a great game, Elden Ring for sure. Now I have uh, any. What have you been watching, Rich? Because I've got a show review. But have you been watching anything uh, recently outside of Moon Knight? We've got our own section for Moon Knight. Anything else? Yeah, no, 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 no. I've just been. Uh, it's it's been pretty much all Elden Ring. Except, I mean, cool. obviously, I had to tear myself away from it to do the reading for the show. Sure, the show for the week, but it was really hard because I was like, I just want to keep playing Elden Ring. No, I understand that. It is very addictive. I was super addicted. Um, now my show review. I've watched the second episode of DMZ. This show, Richard, is frankly a chore. Um, it, wow, only after the second oh, issue, uh, second episode, oh. like it's That's a good, good comic. I've I've read, I reckon, the first volume of the comic, and I really enjoyed it. This, in no way, if I didn't know this was based on like a good comic, in no way would this intrigue me to keep stick around. Uh, very similar to Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man, Michelle and I agree, is actually better show than this, which says oh, wow. something. Yeah, which says yeah, something, and, and not yeah, yeah. And neither That's of us, mobile. neither of us, were huge fans of why the last man the TV show, you know, like. Mm. But there, you, you know, I'm watching it and I'm like, it's so hard to work out if anything's going on. It's sort of so slow as well, like in a weird way. It's slow and confusing, is how I describe it. And like, you don't care about what happens. You, you sort of feel like you, the people who went to make the show are fans of the comic book but they don't really know how to adapt it and they haven't really got it worked out. It just feels a bit confused. If you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, but I think it's also, I mean, but I think, I think, but also characters are important. Like the, mm. the thing is, if you got, if, if you do anything that is um, based around humans, people, you mm. know, humanoids, you have to have interest. You've got to make your characters interesting. You know what I mean? Like mm. they could be interesting in the comic, mm. but you have to translate that to, um, that's what I said. Like I, I was playing Borderlands uh, the last time we spoke, but mm. I actually stopped playing it just because the gameplay is really fun and mm. it's really uh, uh, enjoyable. But 
I just couldn't stand the characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wasn't really relating to anyone. I was finding everyone pretty much like annoying and shit. That I actually, I just that stopped playing. I was like, fucking, I'm just, just going to play Elden Ring. Like, yeah. So it, it's difficult, and it must feel like a chore because that's why I said, you know, you got, you got, you want to, you want to connect with characters. You know what I mean? You want to, you want to feel invested in it's, their story. You know what it feels like? It, like, there's nothing wrong with Rosario Dawson and her character, but it's just like everyone feels like very static like a sort of painting of a person and yet there's no real life in the show. The show is missing urgency and it just doesn't feel like it's, it's just really boring, frankly. And I, and I sat through the second episode thinking it might pick up, it might improve. And you know what I've decided? I think I might just read the comic again, which, cause I've not finished the comic and what I've read, I really enjoyed. Um, and I don't really remember the comic that well. Like, I read the first volume years ago, and I remember really enjoying it, as I've enjoyed a lot of his comics, his independent stuff, like his, his Northlanders and stuff, and he's massive. But I almost think that it suffers why The Last Man's problem, where they haven't quite worked out how to tell a story, and they're trying to tell all these different stories at once and jumping around a lot, and yet it, it moves really slowly. And I, I just feel like it's it's not the right way to do a TV show. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a modern kind of feel to how they're trying to do it. Like, they're cutting between all these different scenes, but it's like it, there's not, like, a narrative to follow. Like, when we watch Moon Knight, I'm like, you know what? At least if I'm watching Moon Knight, a character, you know, he's not my favourite character or anything. Michelle doesn't know who he is. But you watch it, you're like, there's a beginning. It sets the scene. There's a villain. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it follows, like, an order. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you can follow the show, whether you like it or not. Whereas DMZ, I'm like, I'm struggling to even know what's going on. <laughs> like, like, it's just not it's just not compelling in any way. And looks good. Um, she's, she's fine, but I don't think I'm going to give it... An, I might give it one more episode, but I, I, I can't see this show being a hit. Really, I, I just can't. It's the same thing as why the last man. Oh, it's you know? it's got no buzz around it. I mean, it's got no buzz. Yeah, no one is talking about this at all. Like it's it's. Mm. I don't even see it on websites or yeah. or, or, or or chats or anything. Uh, as I said, until you were t- talking about it, I didn't even know it existed. So yeah, it's got no. I don't think it's got any traction whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, at least why the last man did have people talking about it. I, now I agree, it was not a great show, and when it got cancelled, I was like, probably the right decision. Um. But it was better than this. If Why the Last Man was like a five and a half, and that's probably being generous, this is more like a three and a half to a four. Um, I, I just feel, again, it looks like they're throwing money at it, but they've not really got their scripts, you know, done correctly. And I think they're trying to do, they're trying to cram in too much information into an episode rather than focusing on some key stories and, and really letting that play out so the viewer can kind of get, you know, buy into it kind of thing. Like, the buy-in is not is not easy. Um, and I just think it's unprofessional, frankly. Like, you know, all this money's been spent on something and they've turned out this. It's like The Stand, the Stephen King thing. That's an awesome story. I don't know who the fuck decided to tell it all out of order because um, that was very confusing to watch. You know, and, and it's but like that comes down to the editors and the directors and stuff. Like, who's making these decisions? We've got the stand, a pretty sort of like cool fucking story, um, but instead we're gonna we're gonna basically do it in like segments and and jumble it all up. So it kind of challenging the viewer, and it's like, 
I don't. Why does the viewer have to be challenged to follow the stand? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not that kind of a story. It's a story about this massive plague and an evil and blah blah blah. But it's all like from A to B to C to D. You know. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just think quality, and not just in terms of quality of production, although I'm just wondering about quality of like writing, mm. uh, all that sort of stuff. I just, I, I just, think, I don't know if it's just because it's like it's, um, it's streaming now. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. you've got people's money. Yeah, but so. think of all the good HBO shows they've been. They're, they're, they're streamers, you know? Like, yeah, but uh, to be fair, a lot of the stuff on, on uh, the good stuff on HBO as well, like your Game of Thrones, was just a TV, but you know what I mean? It was it was made for the TV but market the, as the, well. The I'm not, stand, I'm not the saying. Stand is, the stand was on regular TV, so was uh, DMZ. Yeah, I guess. By the last man, they're all well, then TV it, then, shows. Then it's just an absolute lack of, of talent. <laughs> I, I honestly, <laughs> like, I, you know what I really think the problem is? It's not the content. Uh, and it's not the looks of the shows. No, it's execution. It's execution. It's scripting, and it's direction, direction and writing. Yeah, that, that, that's the talent I'm talking about. I'm yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. about like actors. I'm talking about just the overall talent of everything that it takes. Yeah. To to make a show, I just feel it's just not up to par. It's not up to scratch. Like you know what I mean? It's I, crazy because these should be marquee it's shows. Subpar. These should be marquee shows. You know what I mean? Like mm. the stand was given a lot of publicity. Because it's pretty much one of his most acclaimed books. It's at least in his top three. Um, it's a big storyline that fits beautifully with... You could tell the stand in like a ten-parter, you know? And it was given a lot of promotion. And I still want to watch it because I'm sort of like... I love the story of the stand. I'm, I'm reading it on Audible at the moment. But um, they, the decision they made to, to just jumble the order of it made it so confusing to watch that I actually felt if you hadn't read the book you would struggle to understand the sequence, you know, which is so stupid because it's not that complicated if told in order. <laughs> you know, it's like they're unnecessarily complicating matters. Which well, it's also I think people just want to put their own stamp on it for some reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like people just that, don't man. want to do anything. Yeah, but it's that. a weird thing to me because like, like something is popular for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the yeah. fact that you don't want to interpret it the way it is you want to reinterpret it, put your own stamp on it, I just feel is, it's just unnecessary because it's, totally unnecessary. It's, it's, it's like you think that you're better or you know better mm. or you can do a better job than the person who made the thing that was popular in the first place. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a very arrogant thing that they have these days where they feel that they, that they can do it better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, it makes me feel something like Scalped, which I love. I almost don't want to see that. That would be a great... You know, HBO show, Scalped. It would be a really great, fantastic, you know, HBO show in that vein of kind of crime and with the Indian Reservation, all that stuff. But I, I reckon I would just fuck it up. Like, from from these recent things I've been seeing, I don't trust a studio to translate the property better than the comic. You know, I almost think, like, I think I might just stick with the comic, you know? It's just, yeah. they've just, like, it's, it, I don't know why, but I just have that vibe that, when they tackle these projects, like they, why The Last Man and DMZ are both really strong source material uh, and to not get it right is just baffling to me, to be so far wrong. It just shows me that there's something, whoever's run, show running this is just making a mess of it, you know? Like, I'm sorry, but you, you failed, uh, frankly. And, I, and I, yeah, I, I agree. No one's talking about DMZ other than me and I'm talking about to say it's shit. 
<laughs> now, moving on, um, I watched with Michelle Don't Look Up. We really enjoyed this. This thing with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, many stars, actually. Uh, Jonah Hill, uh, Meryl Streep. Have you seen this, Richard, on Netflix? No. Mate, it's good. It's really good. It's about a comet coming in to crash into the Earth and basically, like, uh, you, you know, like the, the president is played by Meryl Streep and, you know, she's kind of a clown. It's really good, man, actually. I think it's funny. Uh, it's kind of like quite um, – it's got kind of a satire element to it. It's by the same guy who did Vice, uh, Adam McKay, I think his name is. He did the new uh, sort of – whatever you want to call it, like – dramedy series on the LA Lakers in the 80s. Um, he's done a lot of movies. He used to work with Will Ferrell. Um, it's, yeah, I, I honestly really recommend it. I think you'd, you'd enjoy it, man. I think you'd find it uh, quite it's, amusing. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not enough for me to uh, right. reactivate my Netflix account. <laughs> Have you disconnected your Netflix? Yeah, of course. Jesus, why? Because it's it's it's, uh, it's just other stuff I've got to watch for the show and all that. And it's too ex- it's very expensive to just have that fucking renewing every month. Is it? How much is it? Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's like I think it's up to like seventeen bucks a month now, or something okay. sixteen ninety nine a month all or right. something. All right. Well, um, whenever you do get around to renewing, Rich, I, I I think it's worth watching, frankly. And I mean, you could always sell the high seas. It's not like you can't sell the high seas for this fucking product. Pretty easy. It's, it's actually it's, it's sometimes I just don't feel like it's worth the effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. Well, I will tell you this: it is funny as well, and it and it has a point. Um, you know, because it's all about like deniers and stuff of science and and the media how they sort of like um, you know, they try to they try to sort of direct the story and stuff and try to make everything for laughs and all that kind of stuff. And like it's 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 pretty cool actually. I I actually enjoyed it. Like basically, this comment. The, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence's character are scientists. Um, he's the senior one, and I think she's she's working on a PhD. And they she she finds the comet; it's named after her. And they're doing the math on it, and they realise it's going to hit Earth full on, like it's a massive comet, like eight kilometers long, like it's an extinction event. Um, and they break the story, and it's just a—it's kind of a comedy, but it's—it's it's a drama as well. So it's a dramedy, I guess. And you know, um, it's actually really cool, man, because like it goes into how, you know, the media runs with the story originally, and then sort of like it's—is it—is it real or not? The government's involved, like, you know, overtone over um, sort of tones of Trump, undertones of Trump. That kind of stuff. Like it's, I I really thought it was a pretty good movie, actually, frankly. Um, and you know, definitely one of those ones you put on like a Wednesday night and you're not expecting much. Like we only just chucked it on. I said, let's put this on. I want to. Hear, I've heard people talk about this movie, and it was like an hour and a half well spent. You know, which is more than you can ask for at some points. You know, fair enough. You know, you know how how often we watched it and we're like, oh my god, like I slogged through that. Whereas this at least was good. Now the big news this week, Richard. Why don't you take us through it? Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Will Smith just went rogue at the Oscars, uh, Rich. What the hell? Mm. What the hell? Now, I'm sure everyone on the planet has pretty much heard the storyline. Like basically, Chris Rock was doing uh, presenting something, a documentary, I believe, and award, and did a very mild joke about GI Jane two, uh, referencing Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, with a shaved head, and um, 
Will, Will Smith. Um, originally got laughs, and then Will Smith actually walked up and slapped him, uh, and mm. then and then from and then walked back to his seat and then yelled out, uh, "Get your wife's, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth!" Twice. Um, quite the controversial moment in the Oscars that I don't think anyone saw that coming. And then minutes later, accepted the award for best uh, actor, which is even more funny. Um, and I mean, I'm going to throw it over you, Rich. I, I thought it was a disgrace, frankly. Like, and I like Will Smith, and, and always have actually since the fucking nineties. It was Fresh Prince, and and I followed most of his career, and, and I'm baffled by what has happened. This marriage is a is a joke, as far as I'm concerned, and it's toxic. And uh, the the kids are brats. The bratty kids also annoy me. I'm surprised they didn't charge the stage as well. Um, they're so desperate to like you know milk off their fucking fame. Um, what do you make of it, Rich? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's an absolute. Tra- I was uh, it's a travesty. I was at the gym, sure. and they had the TVs on. Um, and this is how I found out about it because they don't have the sound on the TVs, and they are, I'm on the elliptical machine. I'm going away, and next time on the TV, I'm seeing Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Mm. You know, and at first, you know, I'm, there's no sound, so I'm thinking it's like it's a stunt or something. You it's know a what bit, I mean? Or yeah, it's a bit. It's yeah. a gag or something, but it's going on and on and on. And then he's looking angry. So I'm like, I'm on the machine, then I pull up my phone. I'm like, I got to look this up. What's going on? What's this? <laughs> What's happening at the Oscars? Um, and then, yeah, that's how I found out about it when I was at the gym. Uh, it's just terrible. It's absolutely, it's it's disgraceful. Uh, he should have been escorted from the building. And then when he won the award, someone should have come up to there and said, uh, yeah. uh, Will Smith couldn't be here tonight because he just got ejected for, you know, slapping Chris a Rock. fellow human being for, yeah. for no reason. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, because as I said, it, uh, for a lot of people, it looks like, you know, when the, when the Oscars tweeted out, they were like, we don't condone violence. And it's like, sure. well, you do. Yeah. Because... You didn't do anything to Will Smith, oh. and then you handed him an award. And they're trying uh, to backpedal later. now. They're trying to backpedal. Oh, you know, or we're going to investigate. What the fuck do you need to yeah, investigate? It's like, all on TV. Like, yeah. literally the entire world saw it. What I don't know what investigation you're going to do. Yeah, what if, like, it's, it's, it, it was so obvious what happened. Like, and they're like, oh, we're going to discipline him. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, they're claiming that they asked him to leave, and he refused. They're claiming that. Now, that's a, that's a claim, nah, you know. That's. That's a lie. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm, man. I'm sorry. That's because other people who have been on the show, like Wanda Sykes and all that, mm. they were just like, nothing happened. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was even saying, like, Chris Rock came and apologized to her, and she's like, "Why are you apologizing to me?" And he goes, "Well, because um, you're the host. You and the um, the other two women right. uh, are the host, and now this is all that everyone's going to be talking about." Well, it's not Chris I mean? Rock's um, fault that this fucking incident happened. No, but that's why she's saying, why are you apologizing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I fucking love that. You, you know what? This shows This shows me how many dumb people there are in the world. You know what I mean? And that's when I say dumb, I mean literally not educated. Sure, right? sure. Everyone's carrying on like, oh, my God, it was so justified because she's got halopecia, you know, and all that sort of shit. Oh, do you know that right. every – no, no. Do you know that every single person who's bald has halopecia? Right. Male pattern baldness. When, right. when men go bald and they lose or they get... That's a lot, all lot of people have done bald jokes over the years. A lot yeah, of but my point is every jokes. single bald person in the world, yeah. that is halopecia. So yeah. it's not like some life-threatening disease or, or or something. Every So many people in the world go bald. That's what halopecia... Like, that's the fr- result frankly, of halopecia. Frankly, this is... 
it's a mockery. These people defending Will Smith uh, really need to take a good hard look at themselves. I like Will Smith. I don't think it's the end of the world. The world will carry on. But it will stain his legacy, and this will give Chris Rock material for the rest of his life. You know, yeah, like... Well, I mean, I mean, look at it this way. He th- That was his first Oscar win. Was it? Yeah. Right? That's No one's talking about that. No. I'm surprised Everyone is talking about actually. the slap. So he has... Yeah, he has shot himself in the foot, oh, right? Massively, by, yeah, by, by acting like such disaster, uh, you know? a, a piece of trash, yeah. people are now talking about the slap instead of his first Oscar win. And it's, if it's, just, it's also not really there taking it, being an adult. Yeah. You oh, know. but there's... Oh, yeah, at Brand. I mean, fucking all these actors think they're Gandhi, I swear to God. No, but, no, but I mean, his, his, his style has always been affable... Kind of cracking. Yeah, but joke, I mean, if, in his sexist species, how like he's chosen by God to oh, yeah. spread love and be a river sure. to his people. I mean, every, all these all these actors today think they're Gandhi, man. Yeah, no, they think they're here to bring world peace and it's shit. It's pretty and hilarious that you earlier call, slapping someone, calling yourself a vessel of love seconds after you've you know minutes after you've slapped a guy live on TV for a very mild. Can I say also a very mild joke? You know what I mean? Like, you know, but that's just crazy. Of all the things, because I mean, if you remember a couple of years ago, his his wife on like national TV uh, made Will Smith cry by saying that she's had like affairs and oh, yeah. seen other people behind his back. So the fact that that's the joke that he did, he should be thankful. Well, he's he's lucky it wasn't uh, a Don Rickles, a Ricky Gervais. Uh, can you imagine Don Rickles, who did roasts, hardcore roasts of guys like Sinatra? Actually, you, you don't even have gloves. to go far that far back. They were so lucky that Ricky Gervais wasn't. Well, Ricky roasted. Gervais, Ricky Gervais did savage roasts at the Golden Globes yeah. multiple years in a row. Like, yeah, and and believe you me, I think at a certain point these celebrities, they, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they deserve it. Like. They hold themselves up to be holier than thou, and it's just bullshit. Like, well, you know. the problem is, it's like back in the day, people, uh, people, I think, uh, the, the actors, uh, like, uh, and uh, um, celebrities, and all that, they, 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 the roasting was good because it brought you down a little bit. You know what it I mean? It made you look yeah. more. It look it made you look more human, more approachable in in the in the regular people's eyes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Here's a guy just getting absolutely savage. It's kind of like it it you know it it takes you out of that like godlike status that we like to put celebrities up. But now celebrities, yeah, they just want to be treated like special prophets of peace, and we must all look up to them and all worship them. And you know, all jokes are, are all they are, are really is revenue making machines for you know themselves and studios. Like I, I don't quite understand the level of look. I I have actors that I you know I've liked a lot over the years, but I mean not so much the their political leanings. Like I, I appreciate someone like Sinatra did a lot uh, back in the day uh, for causes before it was fashionable. Like they, some of them can break through a little bit, but in general, they're just revenue. You know, well, as, as, as I said to you the other the other day um, when we had lunch, uh, thank you for that, by the way. No um, we, um, I was saying that, like, um, well, what were we saying? Was that it's like, um, uh, well, we were talking about the like the, the how they um, they they are money makers, right? They yeah. they revenue stuff and all that, but they see themselves as world leaders now. Do you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, they try to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they definitely tried. And, to. But and and also, I preferred life before the internet, right? Mm. 
Mm. Uh, or no, sorry, not before the internet, before like Twitter sure. and Instagram and all that sort of shit. Because I liked it when I didn't know anything about celebrities. Oh yeah, and and, 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 and Twitter, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't read those rags. I didn't read any no, of those gossip no. rags or anything no. like that. So the less I knew about someone, the more I enjoyed that person. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. all I was judging them on was the work. Yeah. I was just judging them. Oh, they were good in that movie. They were not good in that movie. You know. Oh, he looks really nice when he's getting interviewed. You know what I mean? Like, or you know, sometimes if they if they got upset with an interview, I'd be like, oh, well, that's fair enough. The well, Sinatra used to swing something. punches at the press in his glory days. You know, he, yeah, he wasn't but I'm saying, The less I know about someone, the better. You know yeah, what I mean? No, especially, him, especially like a celebrity or an actor or a musician, the less I know about them, the more I can enjoy them. Well, <laughs> you know, I, you know, one of the guys I blame, Bono, from U2, he used to just go on massive political rants for years that I always and, felt... And I never liked him. No, I know, I agree. I agree. Like, maybe the first time I ever heard them as a very idealistic 15-year-old, but they grew really tired really fast. And mm. it got to a point where I... Well, I mean, look, they... You know, it got to a point where you're like, seriously, this is a guy living out of Ireland as a tax exile to minimise his taxes. And he's, exactly. preaching to, he's preaching to the rest of the world about how awful we are for not funding, you know, whoever... And, and and I'm not saying they haven't raised some money in their time. They certainly have. But he's just an example uh, of probably someone who's done probably done a bit more than a lot of these other guys who just hop on. But yeah, I I, I, I don't need like I don't need to know, um, and I don't care. Like a lot of Hollywood swings fairly left. Like that's fine. But I don't need to hear about it day in day out. And I mean Will Smith though, a guy who really frankly has done you know he's he's coasted on his career a lot of times and been a lot of big fucking hits and i you know i mean i'm sure he's given a charity along the way but most of the time it's been fairly self-enriching for him and his family and mm. you know what i mean like he's a typical hollywood fucking star in that sense like he's a very rich fucking man he's had a lot of hits and for him then to act like this way towards a fellow pro to chris rock who's been around for ages as well um apparently they knew each other for decades like chris and chris rock Funny comedian, very funny, but I wouldn't say he's the most brutal of comedians. You know, like it's not the most hard hitting material of all time. Um, a mild joke like that at the even at the Oscars, it's like you're at the Oscars, like please, like laugh along with the joke, like really. Uh, Billy, Billy Crystal used to make fun of um, yeah. of people when he used to host the. Yeah, the like, it's part of that. being the Oscars. I. It, it, it's all good ribbing. It's it, it's a bit of ribbing. It's comedy, like. It's not supposed to be a, a, a very dour experience. It's a celebration. Like, give me a break. I mean, well, the only thing know, they managed you, to you do know, is popularize the Oscars again. Well, for this moment, but yeah. I was just about to say that. You know what I find so funny because you're talking about how like Hollywood's like you know le- going more and more left or sure. or left or that. It's not like that, that. That's never been an issue. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's been going like that for years. Mm. What is the issue comes back to like online, right? If you look at the Oscars, they have been going, they've been losing half the audience every year. And I think it's because a lot of these actors and all that, because they're on internet all the time, or they're on Twitter, mm. always carrying on about all this crap. I think it's turned people off mm. of them and and watching them pat themselves in the back with it. I mean, in 2020, I think they had 20 million viewers. And yeah. in 2021, they had 10 million viewers. So they are losing, you know, and, and the, the Oscars, if you go far enough back, they used to pull in like hundreds of millions, you know, 80 yeah, million f- fewer channels, viewers. Though, f- fewer channels and, and less competition back in those days, though. Now it's Yeah, but I also think people market. don't care anymore. But oh, I think yeah, no, I, I, I think, about celebrities anymore. I think 20 years ago, I think people care about celebrities in the sense that, like, celebrities are, you know, influencing all that is massive now. But 
20 years ago, movies and movie stars were a much bigger part of the pop culture consciousness than now. Um, yeah, and, and we did know a little less about them. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like they sure. weren't always spouting on and on and on and on oh, about yeah, their causes. Yeah, and, and it's just all bullshit. Things. Like they're just their nonstop bullshit. And frankly, I don't think um, if you look at it, this disaster for Will Smith has been years in the making because uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has that red table talk, which I listen to every now and then because some of the stuff's quite interesting. But I mean. It's a very self-serving kind of like it's a they're, they're in love with each other if you know like with themselves is what I mean to say like oh god yes. yeah like it's it, like they're in a mirror that whole family all saying oh my god we're so fucking wonderful you know like and it, what I'm trying to say is like this has been a while coming kind of thing this kind of reaction uh, and you you sent me the video or no someone sent me the video uh, one of my friends at work sent me the video where she's talking about how she had an entanglement with that guy, and it's the yes. most uncomfortable thing to watch. Oh, yeah, time. and Will Smith is, like, tearing, he's crying. But, and but who would has... want that? Like, if your wife... I mean, I know they say I have an open relationship, but clearly it went a bit further than Will Smith wanted it to. And why would anyone want that on, like, live, but, you know... But also, yeah, that, police? and what I said to you, like, he's the A-lister. I don't mean so yeah. nasty, but his wife as an actress is, like, a... D maybe C lister. Yeah, she's done. Like at best, like, but yet she's the one that he's carrying on. Like she's like, oh, she's got that whole like I'm the, the bigger queen. one. She's like, I've got that I'm the queen kind of vibe always. You know, like actually, Will Smith should take you should, should take your advice of uh, nothing. You, you can't walk away from him in thirty seconds. Oh yeah. Oh, I would have cut loose ages ago, and I know that would cost <laughs> that. I know that would cost him and, and everything. Like it would cost him a pretty penny, which is probably half of the reason they stay together. But. Fuck it. Like, I think she's dragging the brand down. And I think that this isn't a career killer for Will Smith because he's Will Smith and because he just won the Oscar and he's had a lot of hits. But it's a big setback. Um, big, big setback for him. And uh, it's a really, really bad look. It's it, Frankly, it's mm. really bad, I've got to say. And yeah. uh, disappointing, actually, frankly. Um, and, 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 you know, and Chris Rock, well-liked himself. Like, I'm a Chris Rock fan. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, 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 honestly, I was like, really? Like, I assumed it was a bit. I actually, I must admit, before I watched the uncensored footage, I just assumed this is just some nutty bit mm. that, you know, because nothing would surprise me. But then when I watched the uncensored footage, I was like, this isn't a bit. This is real, which is yeah. even more well, stupid. There are some people who are trying to say, like, oh, it's staged and all that. And to them, I have to say, I like Chris Rock, but he's not that good of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know I, what I mean. I you could, was, you could yeah. see that he was phased. You could see that he wasn't quite sure. He started like well, yeah. stumbling his words. So, I mean, like that's not a bit. Like he got through that. The, he got he, through, considering what happened to him. He got through pretty well, I thought. But yeah, but you but you could yeah. see he was phased. There's he no way that phased, like yeah. he knew that. Well, who people are like, oh, he leaned in and he goes, yeah, because he thought it was a joke. He thought Wilson was going to come in, like you yeah. know, yeah. You know, hug him or, yeah, exactly. or yeah. you know, just give him a little pat in the, you know, like as a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't expecting an actual fucking no. full on bitch slap. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was fucking nuts, man. Like, it's easily the most nuts thing that I can remember. The, the, my favorite Oscar moment before that was Jack Palance doing the push ups with one arm um, back in like 1990 <laughs> or whatever it was that he did. That, that was funny. Um, mm. But this, this was a whole new level of crazy. And you know what? He's lucky. I mean, lucky. I mean, the, the the Academy Awards is lucky. He didn't fire that shot at a Sean Connery 
at a you know at, at a guy who would actually take a shot back. You know what I mean? Like, because plenty would. You know what I mean? Like, plenty of guys. If you went up to them and slapped them, someone's instant response could just be a quick a quick punch, a quick swing. I almost wish that it was a, the, the different rock up there. I actually wish it was uh, the rock. Because yeah. I'd love to see if uh, Will Smith would go up there and slap, try and slap the rock. It's just a, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's it's it was a bizarre, very unexpected uh, thing to happen, and I don't think you know. And, and and the level of um, the level of just uh, denial from Will Smith. There was even a problem afterwards. You know, like he was pictured partying with his Oscar to his own songs, like afterwards at the after parties and stuff, like. None of that's a problem if you haven't slapped a host at the Academy Awards. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he just carried yeah. on like no, like nothing had happened. That fucking kid, he tweeted out, "That's how we do it." The Jaden, he tweeted that yeah. shit out. Like they, this kid, he deserves a clip around the ears for sure. This kid's a fucking nuisance. Um, <laughs> they've got too much money, and there's just it's unlimited money and no consequence, and that's how they've been brought up, and that's the example they're setting. Frankly. You know, your your father, who's got to be roughly my age, he's got to be... Bull Smith has got to be late 40s, pushing 50 by now, you know? No, I'm, I'm, he must, no I think he's in his 50s already. Okay, so he's he's more than old enough to know better. You know, and he's been around the industry a long, long time. So he knows... 53. How, he's 53 years old. And he's been famous since fucking 1991 or something. So he's been around a long time at the top of the game. So... How he got into his head that this was the thing to do, I don't know if he was loaded on alcohol and maybe some chemical enhancement. I mean, maybe he was, man. And people make stupid decisions when they're really drunk. Maybe he was actually a little bit high. Maybe he was a little bit, you know, two sheets to the wind, three sheets to the wind. You know what I mean? Like, I'm putting that out there. I'm not saying excusing it, but do you think that was a factor? Alcohol and combination of maybe some pills? Yeah, it you know? doesn't really matter what the... Soldier the fact was, yeah, you know, sure. like, you know, I'm, I just, I, there's no excuse. Like, I don't there care. No I don't excuse. care if you're drunk. I don't care if you're whatever. And in fact, apparently the police were were uh, ready to arrest Will Smith, but uh, yes. uh, Chris Rock didn't want to press charges. So, well, I guess to him, he's just like seriously, like he he has material. We'll get off this topic now, but he has material. He he will do some funny bits on this, and I think others will too. I could see Larry David working with his field. It, well, I think I think Jada Pinkett Smith was loving it. Yeah, well. I mean, she wasn't she wasn't smiling during the joke, but afterwards, I think she was quite happy. Uh, I think she's that kind of personality where if it's all about her, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're happy for whatever kind of uh, publicity they get at some some like she is, as you say. Uh, other than marrying Will Smith, in terms of her actor, she's a D-lister to me, a C-lister at best. I mean, she was in the Matrix. She was in Gotham. I don't even remember her in the Matrix, but I know she was in it, and she was okay in Gotham, but. It was nothing fantastic, you know. Like it was nothing. Like it was really. Bright, That's what I said. Like, she's she's a DC list at the most. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, yeah, it's craziness. Now, uh, moving away from Will Smith and his antics, uh, we had some sad news about Bruce Willis. Did you hear this? He's retired uh, from acting due to health issues, aphasia, which is kind of like uh, affects your cognitive ability to to read and memorize things, which explains, I think, why he has struggled to been reading his lines for a long time. Um, and apparently it's been ongoing for some years and now he's decided and the family have decided he's going to step away, you know, permanently. Quite sad, really. Well, uh, it's, it, it, it is 
sad. Oh. Um, I kind of wish that he had maybe quit a little while ago. Sure. Well, um, you know. Because I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, you know, because I mean, look, it's like being like a sports star or something. You know what I mean? Like, sure. you, you've got a legacy that you should protect. And I feel like, you know, he's really, you know, he's he's almost become a bit of a joke. Mm. In the last few years, but of course you can put that now more into context. Mm. But it just makes it even sadder that you know what I mean. It's like that 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 pro athlete that just refuses to retire. Yeah, when they should retire. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, it's it's just really sad that um. Yeah, yeah he he played about happened. five seasons too long. Is what you're trying to say? Like he played yeah. well past his best, kind of thing. Yeah. I understand that, but yeah. I love Bruce it's, Willis. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad because I've watched a couple of his movies the last couple of years, and he, I was actually like losing a bit of re- like respect for him. Right, really. But but again, I didn't know that. Obviously, yeah. Um, obviously, with the health reasons, you know, I was just going, "What is he doing?" He doesn't, you know, how 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 often have we joked that he doesn't seem to give a shit? Oh he yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, 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 oh, he's just coming in for the paycheck. But meanwhile, no, he's actually, he, you know what I mean? He was like, struggling. Uh, but I guess it's it's those people that that they convince themselves that they will be fine or mm. they can still do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like when you get older and they, and they tell you, grandma, don't lift that. It's heavy. Mm. And they go, I know what I'm doing. And then they fall and break the hip. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one of those things where I guess maybe he just would denial, you know, maybe you just go like, I can still do it. I can still do it. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, let's face, let's face it. Um, he was a major, 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 major star. Uh, a real A-lister for a long time. And, yeah, I mean, he just sort of refused to sort of give it up. Um, I mean, look, it, it is what it is in in terms of, like, yeah, I find it very sad that he's he's obviously got this problem. Apparently, Sharon Stone, it could come from having strokes and stuff. She had, a, like, a some sort of a hemorrhage and this kind of issue back in the early 2000s and made a recovery. Mm. Um, I think she had... I remember her having some brain surgery and stuff like that, and she made a, she made a recovery, but... Um, it was tough, and I would say with him, it's been declining for a number of years. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that you know started yesterday. I think it's been unfortunately a decline that's been going on for some time, um, mm. which which makes it you know sad as well. So yeah, I thought so with Bruce Willis. I love Bruce Willis. I loved him since Moonlighting. I, I followed Bruce Willis and Michelle, her favorite series of movies, The Die Hards, like. You know, I've been a fan for as long as I can remember watching TV since the mid '80s. Uh, he's always been an entertainer, um, so it is. It is really sad. And like prior to the the, the kind of like, you know, director video movies. I mean, he was in a lot of good fucking movies. You know, Bruce Willis. He was in a lot of good movies from Pulp Fiction to The Diehards. You know, it, it went on and on. Last Boy Scout, like uh, the movies with Matthew Perry. Like, I mean, Red. You know, he had a lot of good films you know, for a long period of time. And then he had moonlighting before that. Like, it's just sad, you know. Sometimes these illnesses, well, they happen yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because he was still fantastic in Red. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was You great. know what I mean? Like, I think Red was like the last movie of his that I really... Yeah. Uh, the, the two movies that I really enjoyed. And I'll be honest with you. See, I thought, again, not knowing that it's health reasons or how, how long it's been going, mm. I, I always just thought that if he cared about it, he came to work. And yeah. if he didn't, you know what I mean? He was just like, whatever, I'll mm. be here. Just shoot it, I'm done. Just do it. I'm going, Yeah, sort of thing and all that. So, I mean, we don't, obviously, we don't know how long this has been and, and how long it's been a problem for, you know, can't maybe blame all of his bad performances on it, but mm. definitely would probably be in the last five years, I'd probably say. 
Yeah, that I think so. Probably gotten the absolute worst for him, I'd imagine, because that's probably been his worst movies in the last five years. Although maybe he's pumping all those movies because he knew that the end was nigh. Yeah, you know, I think that's career, a factor. So maybe yeah. he was just trying to get you know, some, you know, get some movies out there um, before it came to an end. Yeah, I think that's a factor, man. I, I think there's a few factors at play, but I mean, look, for me, you know, at a certain point, you're remembered for your classics. You know, he'll go down with a lot of classics, a lot of strings to his bow. For sure, um, for sure. You know, and that's sure. and that at the end of the day is what really um, uh, defines his career, I think. And uh, he'll always be fondly remembered on Signal. And I mean, I love Bruce Willis, so you know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, you know, Michelle broke the news to me, and she was upset, and and I was like, man, that that sucks. Um, so yeah, but, uh, look, I just hope, obviously he's got all the money you could want in the world. Um, you, you've got to hope that maybe if there's anyone who's going to have a chance, if, if Sharon Stone had a chance and managed to, you know, uh, stave it off, you would hope that he, he can get the best treatment possible. Um, that's the only thing. Um, DC Infinite Universe, uh, shout out to Ray from Into the Night. And isn't Ray having a week with Moon Knight? Um, Basically, DC Infinite Universe, their competitor Marvel Unlimited, is now available in Australia, Richard. I didn't know if you're aware of that. I did not, but I know now. Yeah, so it's um, all online. Basically the equivalent of Marvel Unlimited. Are you going to be getting it? This was the question, because you are the DC guy. Um, what's, your, what's your response to this? Are you like, sign me up, or are you more cautious? Definitely more cautious. Right. Um, the, the issue is, is that, like, see, it's tough, right? I mean, the problem with this sort of thing is you're paying, obviously, a, a monthly subscription, right? Yes. Which, which, which or annual, or you can do annual and say, no, 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 but, but, but my point is, you're paying for a subscription. Uh-huh. So that money can help them fund the continuous shitty books that they keep putting out. Now, Yes, you could argue, oh, but if you buy the old books, you still get the money. Yes, but at least they can see that data and go, shit, the the, the new stuff's not selling. But it's it's all the old, the old stuff, stuff as well that's going to be on the server. Yeah, but I'm not sure if they're going to track it as much or keep or give a shit if it's the if it's just the online, whatever. Okay. The question is, are, you, are you buying it or not, Richard? Are you signing up or not is the question. Not not, not straight away, no. I'll... I'll... <laughs> I'll see how it goes. Oh I'm not God. look. I'm I'm not a I'm not a current DC fan. No, I'm. But I think I'm it's their back catalog as well. I think it's their back catalog, man, as well. Yeah, but there'll be a lot of that new crap on you. Yeah, but there's a lot of gold, man, in those hills. The old stuff, man. Like yeah, I and a lot of the gold I own on my bookshelf. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to pay again, like yeah, yeah, know, yeah fair enough. Yeah, you know. the physical, the physical compared. This is all digital, obviously. Um, mm. Anyway, it's good that it's coming to Australia. Uh, and he's now, let's actually have a look. Uh, DC, I want to see how much it costs annually. DC Infinite Universe. Um, $15, I'm sure. No, annually, I mean. Oh, okay. Like, well, 15 times that, then minus 10%. Uh, like, I don't <laughs> know. Like, it's uh, it's just got here coming soon. So maybe mm. it's not actually out. DC uh, cost annually. I just, I'm just wondering how much it... It costs annually. Like, that's, you know, it's just, uh, here we go. Join. Uh, I'll never pay annually for something. Why? You you save money. Not really, because I can just cancel it for a month or two if I'm not using it. Okay, so in the States, States it costs $74.99 per year or $8 per month. So that's US. 
Uh, I think Ray said uh, it cost 12 That's right, Ray did say, I think he said it cost $10 Australian per month. So 120 per year, and you could save money uh, going annually. Um, yeah, so probably it'd probably be about a hundred bucks a year. Right, right. Give okay. or take. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, all right. So, and I imagine it would have like a lot of books on there. But uh, as you say, I've got a big DC digital library from Comicsology as well. So, mm. you know, I don't necessarily need it. So I'm not actually signing up for it yet, but I am keeping an eye on it because interesting. But but you're the big DC guy, Rich, and you're giving it a maybe. Definitely not a yes. Oh. As I said, if if this had been something like fifteen years ago, right, I'd probably definitely be up for it because I'd, then I was still buying, you know, I was still buying DC. Oh, you, know, you were buying, still buying current stuff. Yeah, I was still buying like monthly gotcha. stuff and, gotcha. and and all that sort of shit. But like, this would be really great if I was still a massive current DC fan to read all the new stuff, but I don't give a fuck about the new stuff. So no, I hear, I hear. It's not really worth it. And I said I'd much rather buy a, a trade for my bookshelf gotcha. than, yeah. you know, than, than, than read the old stuff digitally. It's just, I don't know, it's just a thing of where I'm like, if it was all the new stuff, I'd be down. Like, if I was really into the new stuff, I'd be down because I'd be like, yeah. right, I can get access to it every every week. Yeah, I can get all the latest stuff and read it, but I'm not interested in the old stuff. I, I, wonder, I mean, not interested in getting the old stuff digitally. I'd rather get it physically. I wonder how long it is between the new stuff appearing on DC Universe, because I think with Marvel Unlimited, it's like three months between when it goes into shops, between when it hits Marvel Unlimited. I think it's around three months. Um, you would think it would be around the same period of time. Um, DC Universe, like some of this information, should be. Oh, well, they, they would have to be because they the otherwise the comic book shops would be up in arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true, but um, yeah. Well, anyway, we'll we'll find out. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, it just arrived March twenty nine. Um, hmm, it's going to the UK and everything else. So twenty five thousand comic books uh, deal. Discounted pricing for anyone who signs up in the first 30 days, launch in the country, with customers able to keep that reduced pricing as long as they maintain a paid subscription. Uh, annual, uh, okay, so here we go. Annually, it'll only cost $65 Australian. That's not too bad. Really? Yeah. So at launch, an annual subscription of DC. But in the US, it's 78 US, you said, right? I'm just, I'm reading off a side here. At launch, okay. at, because there's a discount if you sign up in the first thirty days. Ah, okay. So a, if okay. if if you do that, um, it, yeah, it'll be sixty five, uh, yeah, sixty five uh, dollars AUD and sixty five dollars New Zealand as well. So uh, for sixty five bucks, I'll probably sign up. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm an e- I'm an easy buy. I'm like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such a fucking sucker for these things. I'm like, ah, fuck it. Like, may as well. Um, but yeah, you know, and then I'll, what, you know what? I will sign up, Rich, and I'll report back. Because what I'm hoping, Rich, and do you think they will, will they, will they have digitized all that Kerry Bates Superman run that I love? You know? That's not on Comixology. Will they have digitized all that for the DC Infinite, do you think? Or Probably not? not straight away, but maybe. Well, Davey's going to sign up. He's going to take one for the team, Rich. How do you feel about that? I'm always, I'm always the giddy pig, aren't I? I'm the, I'm the consumer you are, guinea pig. Yeah. I'm the consumer guinea pig. 
Um, now you've got some news here about E3, Rich. You're big on this, aren't you, E3? It's the game show. Well, I generally look forward to E3 every year. Just it's nice to see any new games announced or, or mm. uh, info on, on already announced games. But apparently they've completely cancelled it this year, not even doing a not even doing a digital show. Really? Completely candid. Really? Yeah, because last, last year they did it digitally or remotely. Mm. Uh, but this year they've just up and cancelled the entire thing. So there'll be no E3 this year, which sucks. I was looking forward to that in June. Because you are... Okay, so what, why, why can't they announce digitally? Why was it cancelled? Like COVID or what? Uh, they said they'll be back next year, but yeah, I, I, I don't know why. Do they just not have enough A titles to make a big deal? Or? Well, no... E3 isn't just titles. E3 is a, a massive expo for everything, not just oh. games. Uh, okay. E3 is for like um, uh, media, entertainment, technology, right. all that sort of stuff. So um, it, it's usually bigger than that. But I don't know. Maybe they just don't have enough people doing it digitally or who want to do it. I don't know. As I said, they haven't gone into the full stuff. They've just. I don't think they've got enough stuff. games. I don't think they've got enough AAA games. You know, there's oh, not... they, no, that's never stopped them before. <laughs> like, there's, there's no new know. Assassin's Creed many, to announce. Hey, there's no new Assassin's games, Creed. How many games get announced at an E3 and then get cancelled a year or two later? Come yeah, on, like yeah. you, you, you can have stuff just to show. Yeah, that's true. Man. But I'm hoping that the others. Uh, I'm hoping that the big three maybe do their own game show. Who is uh, the big three? Ubisoft's yeah. one. Who is the other ones? But no, 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 no. Huh? The big three is Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Oh, right. I thought you meant like game studios or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Xbox. Yeah. 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 They should do their own thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Why not? Well, I mean, for, for I mean, uh, Microsoft can definitely do their own thing because, I mean, they've got Bethesda, um, you know, uh, that massive library. And Bethesda used to do their own show. Mm. So, I mean, you, yeah. And now they've got all those other studios. And once that like um, Activision one goes through, mm. um, they'll even own BlizzCon and, and, um, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, mm. I think Microsoft should definitely do their own game show. Like, you know. Yeah, the, why not, man? They've got enough material. But maybe not enough stuff's ready. You know, like, maybe... The, no, but, but it, you know, it, you can still put out. it doesn't have to be ready, though. It's just a way to let people know what's here, what's coming, what you're working on, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why I love Obsidian. Um, those are the guys that... Um, uh, made uh, a Fallout New Vegas and yes, uh, Night of Republic, and they made that game. They came out um, uh, the Outer Worlds. They yes. did a trailer for the Outer Worlds two, right? Uh -huh. Where they were basically like, "This trailer is all fake. None of this will be happening in the game. It's just to get people hyped." <laughs> really? And that's what like the voiceover was saying. He was like, "Now cut to a slow motion shot to emphasize, you know, something momentous." Yeah. Then pan to a massive creature that will not be in the final game <laughs> like, <laughs> it was such a funny way of like making poking fun at like the game trailers that yeah. are just there to show you something yeah. that'll never actually be the actual game and you could do stuff like that you know what i mean mm. you could just show concept art if you you know what i mean like just you can't have stuff like mm. there is stuff in the works i mean mm. the starfield is going to be released soon so mm. you, you could have a big thing with, with with starfield you can just give people an update on maybe some new content coming for Halo Infinite or something like this. Mm. Got to be. You could put on a show. You've got that many games and and Game Pass and even indie studios and your ID at Xbox. You could put on a show. Mm. Right? You could put on a show every year for sure. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. Um, but they're not doing it for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's the Ukraine war. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't. I don't. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, 
Every, everyone's retroactively blaming everything on the Ukraine. Well, I, yeah, I'm just I, I'm puzzled as to why that they wouldn't do it. Uh, I, on better news, uh, Chuck Dixon and Scott Beatty uh, are working on a new comic called Unprepped, which is a comedy comic, and it's coming out by Antarctic Press. The details are on the Signal of Doom uh, Facebook page. Uh, Chuck put up the first, the whole team put up the first five pages. You can read; it looks funny as hell. Uh, it's basically like. Uh, basically like end of the world doomsday scenario and and two families that are totally not prepared um and you know <laughs> hijinks ensue and yeah i mean i i think it looked it looked really fun and like uh what a team up the two of them they worked before i i know i know they did nightwing year one and i know they did robin year one and i believe they did batgirl year one they probably did more than that but i i know they did those that worked together um, yeah, really good team, um, good artist as well. So yeah, I, I thought that that would be interesting to put up. So that's actually on the, and it's going to be in the comic shops and everything else and digitally and all that. So, um, the details are on the Signal Doom Facebook page or on Chuck Dixon's, um, you know, Facebook page and Dixonverse and all that. So yeah, check it out. Um, now there were some early projections for the Jared Leto Morbius movie, um, which is part of Sony Spider-Man, and apparently it's making serious money, Richard, despite early negative reviews. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I think more people are are, uh, are are coming on to the fact that, you know, uh, it, critics really don't know Jack what shit. the average person wants. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As I said, like, the, the, the Venom movie was panned by critics. Yes. Right? It was lambasted, and mm. every, like, and your average Joe loved it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, as I said, it, it got, you know, that, what was it, 750 million or something around that bracket, I think, or 700 million. You know what I mean? Yeah. It made for, for, for a smaller budget movie, you know, mm. still a big budget movie, but I'm, I'm like saying it's not, they didn't get the budget of the Avengers or Iron Man or anything like that. So it's a, or even Spider-Man. So it's definitely a, a lower budget movie uh, to make that much money. Um, I, yeah, I think critics just, um, critics don't know what your average, like your average person just wants to be entertained. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to, you know, set the world on. I mean, there's literally, people love watching uh, The Room, mm. right? Um, because of, just because it's entertaining in how bad it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. people just want entertainment. Mm. It doesn't have to be the next Avengers. It doesn't have to be the next Schindler's List or whatever. It just has to be fun. Mm. Do, do you have fun for an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, whatever? Did you forget about your worries? That's all they want. Yeah. Yeah. True. No, true. I mean, that's no excuse for a bad movie, but I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it just depends on what you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to Morbius thinking, you know, it's going to be the greatest comic book movie ever made. No, and I certainly didn't think they're going into Venom either. But um, you know, I still enjoyed the Venom movie. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not going to make any top ten list for me. No, of of the superhero movies. But you know what? I was entertained mm. um, mostly for the for the runtime. And you know, sometimes that's all you need. You know, that's it. You know, that's it. you know how many movies I've watched in my life that I've completely forgotten about that I, I remember enjoying. But don't ask me to remember what like, oh, yeah. he was about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. that's it. We just we, we're consuming entertainment. Yeah, exactly. You know? So as, as long as you can entertain me, I'm happy. So we are going to go see this, Rich, aren't we? Like at some we point, we are definitely going to go see. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see it sometime in the near future. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a bit of fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I don't really care less about the reviewers. Basically, like, it doesn't even worry me. 
you know, like in a sense. Yeah, as, as I said, I mean, if, if anyone's put in any stake in critics, like I'm not saying critics don't have their place or you mm. like critics don't serve a function. I just don't think critics today, uh, you know, especially today. Yeah. Uh, really understand what the common person wants. No. You know what I mean? They've lost like, touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've lost touch. They've lost touch. They've lost credibility. And also, they sometimes they don't read the audience very well uh, either. So, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, it's it's funny. One of the comments was, if Morbius is a movie Sony had been trying to make since the early 2000s and the film was released in 2022 and it feels like a relic from that early 2000s era of superhero movies and not in a good way. So, Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Because you know what? You can say the same thing about the Venom movie. Yeah. The Venom movie also felt like an early 2000s uh, superhero movie. Yeah. You know, it certainly didn't fit the uh, Avengers mold, the mm. Marvel, the MCU mold. Uh, it was definitely felt, it definitely felt like in in the vein of that, like the Daredevil and, you know, uh, the, the early Batman movies and, and stuff, you know what I mean? Where it was a little bit more irreverent, wasn't necessarily taking itself too seriously, mm. you know, was just having a bit of fun with it. Mm. Um um so i think that's actually can be a compliment you know what i mean yeah. like um if you tell me it feels like a 2000s that's great blade came out then exactly i was, like, I was thinking yeah cool great <laughs> i love blade <laughs> the, the the first ghost rider the first ghost rider came out there that kind of stuff yeah you know, you know those funny. movies weren't like weren't terrible as i said like even though i know they're not very good movies as i said i still enjoyed myself when i watched the first mm. fantastic four movie yeah. You know, I forgot about it. I was like, oh, well, it was the attempt at the stuff, but they tried. I mean, I thought the thing looked pretty good considering that were, they weren't using CGI. Mm. Um, I thought the effects for, uh, what's that guy's name? Ian Guffold, Ion Guffold, the guy who played Reed Richards. I thought he did a pretty good job of. Oh, yeah, him. Playing, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't as hot. Then. I wasn't as hot on that, that move, those movies as you. I, I, you know, they're not hard. I'm not. As I said, they, they're not going to make any list. But my mm. point is, I still enjoyed it for what it was a 2000s mm. era superhero movie. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, throwaway fun. That's all they were. So mm. if this is throwaway fun, then that's great. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Now look at this. So they've. It's just launched. And I'm I'm doing DC Universe Infinite. It's going to charge me seventy five. Where is this like sixty five dollars? You know this so called. Maybe 60... that's the US sixty five. This is annual. This is this is Australian. So is there some code you've got to enter? I don't know. I don't know. Just interesting, you know, like because usually to get a discount, you've got to enter some promo code. Oh, okay, I'll look into it more. I was just I was just having a look at it while you're talking, but but I agree with you, Richard. Like the the way they're trying to throw shade at some of the early two thousands movies. Well, I enjoyed some of them, so fuck off, you know. Like, well, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll catch it and we'll see what we think, Rich. Now, Michael Kellishim uh, came in with a great email. He says, uh, "Great job on the interview with Jerry. I was half expecting a Ridley Scott response to my Punisher question. You know, fuck fuck you, sir. Go fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, sir." Go fuck yourself, sir. Um, but his response to Captain Cara versus Spider-Ham was interesting. Uh, he's also sent me um, some questions for JM, and he's got some stuff for Chuck. Now, inside info, this is from Michael. Amazon ran out of gas. Gas prices are over $4 a gallon in Michigan, and Amazon will not reimburse their delivery contractors for the high gas costs. Amazon is finding it less expensive to have us, he said, postman, at USPS deliver them instead of their own workers. 
I just thought how funny mm. it was that the richest man on earth in outer space refuses to compensate his own drivers for the raising gasoline prices. Uh, the post office had workers out until 8pm on Sunday delivering Amazon packages and dumped thousands more on us today. Thanks, Bezos. First he destroys the digital comic book market, now he buries the mailman under a ton of parcels. <laughs> uh, and then he, he actually points out something that we're about to discuss. Here's a good one. Simu Lu, the obnoxious guy who played Shang-Chi, refuses to sign any copies of the Master of Kung Fu comics, deeming them offensive. The only offensive thing is how that prick got more money off Shang-Chi than Steve Engelhardt ever did. If it wasn't for those offensive comic, comics, in quotes, there would have been no Shang-Chi movie for him to make millions of dollars off. I wouldn't... I won't watch that assholes film even if you paid me. Sam Lu deserves a Will Smith bitch slap. Okay to print, Michael. Um, yeah, pretty pretty uh, humorous, and I guess we can move on to this topic. Um, frankly, this Sam Lu guy really fucking pisses me off. Um, I, I think this guy's a clown. Uh, I think, you know... I, I I get he's I get that he's trying to play to his base. I understand that he's trying to he's trying to really play to that base. You know what I mean? Oh, and by the way, Rich, um, it is sixty four ninety nine when you when you click on it. Uh, when you click on it, it actually it is sixty four ninety nine. So there you go. Oh, thank God! I was so worried. So, well, I'm just I'm doing the live. I'm doing the live <laughs> stuff, Rich. This is I, I do a lot of live stuff on the show these days, man. I do a lot of live interaction and everything like that. I like I, was, I like to let listeners into Dave's world, and it's a dark world, Rich. Careful, <laughs> there's no escape, everyone. There's no escape. It's fucking quicksand. It's quicksand. It's treacherous. You got Dion lurking behind the fucking bushes. Better bring a gun. Um, anyway, what were we saying, Richard? I was saying how much this guy pisses me off. I mean, do you want to... You can run with the ball for a bit, man, because I am fucking hate Simmer Lou, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, he's definitely a prick. Um, yeah. Thank uh, you. I just... Summed it what, up. What, <sighs> summed one it thing up. I find fascinating is that, like, it's a weird thing where people always think that everything in the past is evil. Sure. You know what I mean? They didn't... Uh, um, you, you can say when it was made... Was it maybe not um, not necessarily offensive? Was it maybe insensitive? Sure, right? Because yeah. you you're writing about stuff you don't really know, mm. you know, right? Because this is what, uh, when did he come out? Like seventy three, six, something like in the seventies. Seventies right? at some point. So he came out in the seventies. Now this is pre-internet. Yeah, sure. this is pre. So a lot of the stuff that you're drawing <laughs> upon are um, things that you've maybe seen in some martial arts movies or some sure. kung fu movies. Yeah, where guess what? A lot of like the the bad guys and even the masters had the Fu Manchu, you yeah. know, uh, the facial hairs and all that. So what you're doing is you just you you you're taking all the stuff that you know or that you've seen in maybe your favorite kung fu movies and you're basically just putting it into one character. Now, mm. without any understanding of it, could you say that it's maybe insensitive or something like that? Sure, but yeah. guess what? This is in a, that's in a time where you don't have access to the internet. You maybe haven't lived in China or something, and you're expected to make a kung fu book. Yeah. You know, you're a Western American, you've been charged with, you know, or, you know, the company says, hey, this kung fu craze is happening, you need to create a kung fu character, right? Mm. You're just going to draw upon what you know, and you may not be that informed, yeah. you know, or only have a gleamy knowledge from things you've read in books or movies and all that sort of shit, but it doesn't make it evil, no. right? Because they didn't make this character to make fun of him. They made this character to be a hero, to be a fan favorite, to hopefully have success, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, so I dig you. Fucking, it's so, it, it pisses me off that he just goes, 
don't put that racist shit in front of me. Well, guess what? You hey, go fuck, fuck yourself. There you go, Samuel Lou. If they didn't make that racist piece of shit in the, in the past, you wouldn't be having the success that you are now with a Marvel fucking movie. I would never have you fucking know? heard of you, Samuel Lou, and I wish that I, did, I hadn't heard of you. Things in the past are not evil. They come. They genuinely come from a place of, of, of good. They just may not have been executed with all the knowledge and understanding of a different culture. Doesn't mean it was done in malice. Doesn't mean it was done to mock anyone and all that sort of shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just the time. It's a period in time. And yes, today you you know China's much bigger in the market. Uh, you know you can watch documentaries on clip on demand and sort of shit. You can you know. You, you're now living with people, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's we're now living with the threat of China on our fucking doorstep as well, Rich. They're in the Solomon Islands. But, I mean, but, but, you know, Asian people live all over the world now. Sure. So you're exposed to, to more cultures now, right? But yeah. it's, I, mean, I hate this thing of, of why do people keep putting their eyes, their way of thinking onto the past? Well, I think for it's this not, guy, really this, this guy, it's a point of pride. I mean, he self-described his superpower as being Asian. Like, Jesus, really? I, I don't even think this guy's ever lived in China, mate. Uh, but when he said that, I, my, my eyes might have rolled out of my fucking head. You know, I mean, like, I think he's American really? Chinese or whatever. I think he was born and, and raised in America. I mean, I don't think fuck. he's... He's not a Chinese immigrant. I think God, man. Like, Jesus, calm down. I was going to say they could take him back if they want him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, as, as I've said to you, do you know how many movies I've seen where every time there's a South African, they're just a racist piece of shit? Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2. You know what I mean? I'm not joking. <laughs> Almost any movie that you can think of that as a South African, yeah, they, they are basically portrayed as a racist piece of shit. <laughs> it, is, it is very consistent. Uh, you it know, is a very it, consistent I, depiction. I do not get upset about that because I understand that it's just, it's, you take it as stereotype because it's easier to write a stereotype. <laughs> the diplomatic community. Diplomatic community. <laughs> I like it. No, no, no. You know what my favorite line is when he takes him to the um, the the South African the the immigration the like the parliament thing there. Yeah. Not parliament. The um, the embassy, whatever. Yes. And he's like, "Oh, my friend wants to go to Africa and all that." South African. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's Where's your friend? Where's your friend? And then he brings him in as Danny Glover, and he goes, uh, "No, there must be some mistake." And he goes, "No, what's the problem? But you're black. <laughs> you're black." <laughs> Black. Can I just? I love the way that South Africans, especially the Buddhists and all that, the Afrikaners. I love the way they say white and black because it's it's white. Listen, it's white and it's black. Okay, it's black and it's white. White. I don't think I've ever seen a South African in a movie that wasn't depicted as racist. Exactly. Um, I mean, actually, even even in District Nine. The titular like uh, hero, yeah, the the protagonist of the story is also a racist piece of shit, just towards <laughs> aliens. <laughs> like, uh, it's so funny, man. Like, yeah, and that's that is, made by South Africans. That is, it's made by. Is it Neil Blomkamp? Um, I think the the oh, director. He did so, yeah. he did Elysium as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That is funny, man. Simba lose a fucking clown though. Like the way also, I like. What a way to disrespect the creators who have like you've earned like let's let's say conservatively he earned like three to five million you know 
probably probably being generous, but let's say he took home three million dollars for that fucking movie, which is so forgettable I can barely remember it. But like, it didn't exist. I know it's a fucking Bruce Lee ripoff, anyway. But Bruce Lee was like genuine, like Hong Kong, you know, action cinema, yada yada yada. Like he's the real deal. Like you know, does he have a problem with Bruce Lee? Like you know what I mean? Like. You know what I mean? Like, Shang-Chi is clearly a rip-off of that kind of character. Like, literally. Like, it, that was the big craze in the 70s. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you're talking about Bruce Lee. If you look at Bruce Lee in interviews, he actually comes across like a very stereotypical kung fu guy. You know, yeah. we're, like, talking about water and, you know, <laughs> yeah. be, be fluid, like, what I'm going, that, you know, that's, I don't know. As I said, people are just far too sensitive today, man. They just... Yeah. Yeah, it's it to to a point. There's no hard skin. There's no backbone. There's no. There's just ah, so soft, man. So soft. So soft, but like it's a joke, and I I I almost don't know what to even say other than it really makes me laugh. Like, and the the fact that this guy for the fans of 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 um uh of of Shang Chi, you know what I mean? Seven of them, you know. Hey, it doesn't matter, man. That's like that's your core fan base, no, and you've I just know, gone and I know, off I know. because you won't sign their racist. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck you" to those people. What like, you're you saying know? to them is like, if you enjoy these books, you're a racist piece of shit too. Yeah. That's what you're saying. If you're saying these books are so fucking racist and offensive, what you're saying is to the the, the, the comic book readers who read those books really enjoy Shang Chi mm. that they racist for enjoying those old books. Yeah, it's true. Those old, those old issues. It's just terrible because it's racism by association. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts, man. It, 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 I, I think it's, it's so far off the reservation. It's just not even funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I really. You, you question if there's any intelligence there at all. Like, does, it, does he think that his, his shit doesn't stink like that much? That he's like that far above us? You know what I mean? Like, you, you talk about a guy who's. Um, you talk about Hollywood stars. Like this guy, in my mind, barely a star. Uh, you know, like, but again, he believes himself to be Gandhi. He, he, to educate he believes he is fucking so far above us, Rich. Like, he's seen it all, done it all. Um, we're just kind of like peons, racist peons compared to him. You know what I mean? Like, we're just we like... Need, we need to be educated on how to be, be better people. Yeah, wowee. I mean, geez, if... He'd be a real bore at parties. And, and he's so high on his own supply, too. You know, he... He was one step away from sort of abusing fans when the movie, you remember, went to number one in the first week. A lot of shit yeah. movies have gone to number one in their time, and he was fucking carrying on, you know, like, you know, here's all you racist assholes who thought we couldn't do it. We've done it. We've proved you wrong, pricks, and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, No one really cared. Yeah, no one really gave a <laughs> shit. Everyone thought you were a fucking joke. Uh, everyone, everyone rolled their eyes. It was almost like, mate, you, 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 you're just the next Ant Man. Don't worry about it. You yeah, know? you're not. I'm sorry. Like you, you know, you can you you can enjoy like the Ant Man and the Wasp and all that sort of stuff. And I again, I did like the first Ant Man movie, but mm. he's not the top tier character. He's not no. on the same level as Iron Man or Captain America or oh, definitely all not. Hell, even the Thor movies aren't on that level. Do you know what I mean? Even no. the Thor movies underperformed that sort of stuff. So. You know, you, mate, you're just a cog in that wheel. You're not the star. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, 100%. You're just another cog in that fucking MCU wheel, bro. Yeah, who, who the fuck thinks of the... He's, he's not an A-lister by any means, the character. I mean, let alone Samu Lu, whatever the fuck you pronounce his stupid name. I think it's Sima, Sima Liu. Yeah, well, 
fuck him. There's my there's, there's my final fucking you know if he listens to this podcast, there's my fucking. No, no, do it like do it like um, uh, Ridley Scott. Oh, f- fuck you, sir. Go fuck yourself. Go, go fuck yourself, <laughs> sir. <laughs> like, um, now we've got a new section on the show, Moonlight Serenade, Richard, and this is where you and I. It's a cozy dinner date. Uh, maybe some D Martin playing in the background. Um, and we discussed the Moon Knight TV show. So Moonlight Serenade has its first episode. Now, Richard, what did you think for the first episode of Moon Knight? Uh, I'm really pissed off because oh, just yeah. as I was, no, no, just as I was starting to enjoy it, it fucking ended. <laughs> oh, right. When, um, uh, when it literally Moon just ended, up. it literally just fucking stopped. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. I was just starting to enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Because it's a bit of a slow start. Sure. But, you know, you, you, it's um, and God, that his British accent is terrible. Um, it is a it is a very uh, distinctive choice that he's making with that accent. Can I but, say that? But, but, but once you realise that that's just a a personality, yeah, I guess it makes you can excuse it. Then you can say, okay, well, he's not really British. He yeah, just thinks he's British. He's a different personality, or whatever. But mm. you know, um, I was just starting to get interested in it, mm. uh, and then he gets attacked by the dog. Mm. And he turns to midnight and he smashes the shit out of it and then it and then he just goes bang and I'm like credits start rolling. I was like, what, what the fuck? I was just starting to enjoy myself. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, you know what? I think the first episode should have been an hour and a half. You know how like when they used to do like movie length mm. first um yeah, pilots. episodes back in the day? Yeah. No, no, not pilots. Do you remember like uh, like um uh, Stargate uh, uh SG one? Mm-hmm. The first episode the first um, episode was like a, a, a movie length. It was like a, a double sized. Was like an hour. Well, that was length. that was in the seventies and eighties. That was often the pilot. That was often a double oh, okay. parter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they also they wanted it to kind of stand on its own. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. that you yeah. you can kind of release it as a movie. Yeah. I kind of wish they would do that with these sort of shows, where maybe give me like a full hour mm. and not just the forty minutes, because you know you got to set it up a little bit and all that. And if you're going to end it on like right when the action starts. Mm. Like just as I'm getting invested, I'm finally going to see some action. Yeah, and then you got to credit. So it's a, it's um it's an interesting show. I'll definitely keep watching it. Um, uh, uh I, I also thought Ethan, um, was it Ethan Hawke was pretty good in it. I thought Ethan Hawke um, was good. Yeah, I really thought he was good. He's very good, and um, I'm interested to see more. Um, I was just really annoyed that it, just as it was getting good. Mm. Just as I was like perking up, going, "Oh, hang on, okay, hang on," and then mm. I was like, "Oh, fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I, and I, I appreciate. Like that. I was just getting the groove. I was just getting into the groove because mm. it is a little bit of a slow start. It is, you know, and it's a, it's a bit of a slow start. But just as they get in the groove, they go in like it's like leaving you with blue balls. It's terrible. Yes. Now, look, I my only it's not even a criticism. My only my only comment would be I felt we had a little too much of the lamest character, as in like the museum employee. Uh, um, do we have, apart from Mark Spector, when he finally became Moon Knight, now, did you see that final reveal as, like, a magic transformation, or is that just going on in his head and he actually just changes into the outfit? Oh, jeez, that's a really good question. Um, Thank you. There you go. Um, that's got a tough one today. Is the, is, the, is the... Well, that's the thing. We'll have to wait and see, because, yeah, that could be how Mark sees himself. Mm. Um. But he could just look like you know because when he has those blackouts and you never see if he if he's in the costume or because mm. I kind of feel like people would have 
like when he blacked out and he killed those people mm. in the street, no one was sort of freaking out like he had just changed, like no. become the Moon Knight and then back to, you know, I think people would have been like, what the fuck? Mm. So that's actually a very good way. That's very interesting of that. Is Does he really look like that or does he, is that how he sees himself? That could be interesting. That could be interesting to find out if it's, if it's just like him looking normal, but he I, I think he has a costume that he pull. I think he physically has a costume that he pulls out, you know, and he just I thinks. Don't think, I think. No, I don't think so. Well, other than that, one of the things is is it's almost like a Shazam transformation, which is what it looked like if you watched it closely. Well, well, here's the thing, because you don't know what's in his head and what's not. That's it, man. You know, you don't know if a god's really talking to him. Although, I mean, I suppose maybe there is a god because the villain also seems to have magic. So yeah. Maybe it's not in his head. Maybe it is a magical transformation. Maybe that's it right. Is the thing, but again, there's so many interesting ways you could take this, especially when you're dealing with, um, uh, not fantasy, but like a, a nut bag, or... a nut bag, like <laughs> um, Moon Knight is. Like you know, he's crazy. He's cracked. It was funny when we sat down. Michelle goes, "Give me the ten cent pitch on this guy," and I said, "Look, ex mercenary, yeah, ex mercenary uh, encounters like an Egyptian." God in his travels uh, becomes a vigilante, has split personalities. And she's like, "This is a hero." <laughs> I was like, "I was like a minor one." <laughs> like, you know, he's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, he's an interesting character, though. I, I, I find him pretty cool. Um, but I, I remember when I got into him because I had a bit of a conversation. I had on the computer uh, this morning. We did flashbacks together, and the hilarious part was where um, he challenged me on how much Moon Knight I've read. I said, well, I've read a fair bit. I've read most of the Doug Munch run, and I've read all of Chuck's run, and I've I've read James M. Mateus's run. I read Houston's run. I read all of Ellis's run. I read most of Bendis's run. You know, I've dropped off it later as the years have gone by, but I went through a period where I read a lot of Moon Knight, um, you know, over the span of about five years. Um, have you read much Moon Knight, Rich, or is he completely alien to you? Oh, um, you know what? Like bits and pieces, but never any like substantial runs or anything yeah. like that. Not like, yeah. Um, so it, just bits and pieces every like one. You know, like you'd pick up an issue in like the the shop or sure uh, or something like that, or he might be part of like a crossover. But no, I've never I've never sat down and read like a a full run or or storyline or anything like mm. that. Now I can I can point out to you um, I've been looking through DC Infinite. Um, sadly, they don't have a ton of um, they don't have a ton of Superman Kerry Bates, but they do. It is it does look like a pretty impressive service. It's very it it's very much their their version of um, Marvel Unlimited. You know, same same kind of thing. Lots of world's finest. There's lots of stuff to there's lots of stuff to enjoy. So I, I am pretty happy with myself. Sixty five bucks well spent. I think, Rich. You know. As long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Well, that's all that matters, isn't it, Rich? Life is just one search for elusive happiness that will never last. A moment that will never last. Like, how long does happiness... Well, that's, that, that's why they say happiness is fleeting. It's very fleeting. Feelings are fickle. Nothing more fickle than the human heart. Um, now, yeah, fuck Samuel Liu. Um, And, you know, Moon Knight... I'm giving it the, the first episode of 7.5 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, yeah, seven out of ten uh, is yeah. is pretty good. Um, I'm I, I'm going to deduct a point five because okay. I don't like to do it, but also because it left me with blue balls. <laughs> I was going to say you're not a fan of the point fives. We've brought this up before. Um, I think it hinders your scoring system. Frankly, 
I, I, I really I don't know. But you know what? Something has to earn that point five. I don't just give it out willy nilly. Are you saying that I do? Yes, you are a point five slut. <laughs> Um, now, some set photos were released of Craven the Hunter. We had the first look at the Spider-Man villain. I looked at the picture and I was like, is this guy even in costume? I'm not sure if I looked at the right yeah, picture. I, I, yeah, no, I, I think that, yeah, those those are the, the lamest set photos I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I was like, it looked like the actor on set, just on set. Yeah, like, but there's no, nothing in costume or anything. No, like yeah. So I'm like, that. Yeah. that is, does that even classify? Like, it's not, I don't know. Uh, that, what is, well, it's a, it's from the set and it's a photo. Yeah, so, I, I mean, guess. it's technically true. I guess so. Um, now, Ambulance's new Michael Bay movie coming out. Director Michael Bay has confessed he isn't fully satisfied with the final product. The quote is, there's not a lot of CGI. Some of the CGI is shit in this movie. There's a couple of shots that I wasn't happy with. Okay. So I like the way he's kind of like aggressively answering a question, it seems. Or I, I don't know. Like, it's his own it movie. It's weird to answer it aggressively when the yeah. person you're answering didn't have anything to do with your movie. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're just asking you a fucking question for your new shitty movie, Michael. Like, and, and apparently he's making a big production how it's like old-time stunts, like back they used to do back in the day, like real real stunt drivers and stuff, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't well, know I mean, they, they, they basically stopped doing that just because of the dangers, I guess. He's, he's, he's restarting it, but he's not happy about the CGI as well. But that's so. really weird. If the CGI looks bad, that's really pretty bad because one of the easiest CGIs to nail mm. is cars. Like yeah. all the... Um, inanimate objects or like you know um the easiest things like in, in fact most movies that you actually watch where there's like a car crash mm. or whatever or, and sometimes even car chase scenes mm. today are actually cgi and you wouldn't even know yeah okay really so the, the fact that he's looks so shit does not that doesn't bode well because most people are fooled by cgi when it comes to cars yeah okay well, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just the whole thing is odd. You, you, you just like it, well, okay. it's like he's got an accident. Put it right. this way: Do you you remember the 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 Matrix? Uh, what was the second Matrix? Reloaded. Reloaded. I do remember right. that very well. Do you remember the scene on the highway? Where yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because we now, watched it not when you, long ago. Yeah. Now, when you watch that, right? Mm. The the guys, the people, they look CGI. You can definitely go, oh yeah, I can see they look CGI, mm. but you cannot tell which cars are CGI. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, interesting. Or you, or you have to look really, really hard to try and spot that CGI car, and that's why I said like the easiest CGI for them to even Mad Max. You know, Mad Max when they they all driving through the desert. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, the big, most of those cars are CGI. Most of that stuff is is CGI. The the vehicles and all that. Okay. Right. And so yeah, if, if your CGI looks bad and it's car related, that's terrible. That's actually fucking disgusting. Yeah, uh, like. And it's also weird for him to be announcing it because, you know, he is the... I just trying to put it out there so that people know that he knew. He was, I told you. Don't don't come at me because you thought it was shit. I told you it was shit. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, ahead of the, I'm ahead of the sort of curve kind of thing, you know? Yeah, well, you've got to get out in front of it, you know? Isn't that what the politicians say? Get out they, do, they do say that, Richard. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate it when they say it, but they do, you know, on shows, we've got to get out in front of the news. Like when you, when you watch the... Political shows and stuff like that. We've got to get out in front of the press. We've got to get, get yeah, out, got, in, front got to get out in front of it. You know, you know. got to handle it. Look better if it comes from us. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, again, if you come out as something before someone busts you with it, well, you know, yeah. it, it, it 
you you definitely take take a um, a bullet out of the chamber, so to speak, or sure, you know, you, you, at least you postpone it. So I mean, I get it, but you know, but, you know politicians. Yeah, they suck. Um, June's biggest critic wasn't fans; it was Tolkien. In 1966, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a letter to a man named John Bush regarding him obtaining a copy of Herbert's book. When asked about his opinion, Tolkien gave Bush a cordial but blunt description of what he felt. According to the letter, Tolkien prefaced by saying he finds it impossible for an author to speak about another who works in a similar subject matter. He then adds, In fact, I dislike June with some intensity. And in that unfortunate case, it is much the best and fairest to another author to keep silent and refuse to comment. Um, so, yeah, he didn't leave anything to imagination about how he feels about the book. I mean, it is a rather dry book, I will say that. Like, it's an interesting book, but it's quite dry. Um, I mean, you can say that about Lord of the Rings as well. Yes, you can. It's very overly descriptive at some points, you know? Um, for sure. I mean, you could definitely say that. And, and the dialogue is, is can be very... Um dry as well yeah, uh, in, in a lot of places in Neverland. But I mean, but maybe he just felt June was even more drier. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, it like, um, yeah, we went beyond his own limit for... Uh, for extra, extra dry. June, yeah. June was extra dry. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I'd like, it's just, it, it's it's almost laughable, frankly. Like, you know, like, it's like, okay, J.R.R. Tolkien, like, go back and... Start working on those manuscripts, which you're going to publish for many, many years after your death. Your, <clears throat> your son's going to make a full career out of uh, doing that. Uh, after earning another twenty point five million during its fourth weekend in theaters, the Batman has brought in a total of three hundred thirty-one million at the domestic box office. So it's going great, gangbusters. Um, it surpassed the domestic earnings of movies like Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Um, it has already outperformed the DC Extended Universe version of the character in the United States. Furthermore, the Batman has surpassed Iron Man 2, Deadpool 2, and Thor, Ragnarok domestically. It's expected to pass films like Gardens of Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Joker at the domestic box office in the coming days. So, very much an appetite for Batman, and Warners have definitely managed to get a hit on their hands. Um, yeah, there you go, Rich. I mean, you must be thrilled. I'm so thrilled I'm going to get more of these shitty Batman movies. Man, you're going to get Batman movies until the day you die. You know that. No, but not but these shitty ones. I'd prefer more of the Tim Burton Batman. Give me as much of those as you can. Sure, sure, but that's not going to happen, Rich. Nope. You know, you gotta you gotta live with what you got, my friend. No, I gotta I gotta live and let live. Meaning I don't give a shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, of course they're watching, but I don't give a shit. Live and let die. You know, like live and let the. Uh, let, uh, what was the start uh, of that song? It goes, um, years ago, I used to say, live and let live. Is, is that how it starts? Um, it's it's like, so. yeah, it's something like that. Um, I used to say, live and let live. Uh, great, great start to a song, actually. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's it, it's grinding on. I, I didn't mind it. Oh, hang on, hang on. I've got a fear here. Uh, when you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live, live and let, let, let live. Yeah. That's right. When you when you were young, but in this ever changing world in which we live in, yeah, one of Paul McCartney's best solo songs, in my opinion. Um, well, that was for the James Bond movie. It yeah. was. It was probably one of the last great James Bond theme songs. Um, yes. Yeah, so now we're turning to Ezra Miller, Rich. And do you want to take listeners through? There's been hijinks in Hawaii. Oh with God, why really? Yeah, come on, man. People want to know, Richard. Listeners want to know what is going on with Ezra Miller. 
Like, should I be worried if I'm his mother? What people should be saying is Ezra who? Ezra who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently he, he got a um, he got arrested in Hawaii. Right. right. Um, on Sunday, um, let's have a look here. South Hilo patrol officers responded to a report of a disorderly patron at a bar mm. on Silver Street. The statement reads via comicbook.com. Mm. Uh, during the course of their investigation, police determined that the man later identified as Ezra Miller. Ooh, I don't think they're allowed to say man. I don't know if that's what he identifies as, but anyway. <laughs> later, Ezra that's Miller funny. Became <laughs> agitated while patrons at the bar began singing karaoke. Miller began yelling obscenities. At okay. one point, grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman. He really likes accosting women. Uh, singing karaoke and later lunched at a 32-year-old man. Okay, he's mixing up a bit here. Playing darts. Play darts. Uh, the bar owner asked Miller to calm down several Play times darts. to no avail. Wow. So, a lot of harassment offense, disorderly conduct offense. And then what have we got here? Breaking a couple files for a restraining order against the Flash Dojo Miller after they decided to kill them. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 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 well. Yeah, um... Does Israel Miller really live in Hawaii, or does he just visit him? No, I think he's visiting. I think he's. I think he's a tourist. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't think if you're a Australian or for someone who's going to go live in like a lot, lot of people saying. Well, they could be tourists too. A uh, lot of people saying Ezra Miller's having significant, um, significant uh, substance abuse issues going on at the moment. Ezra who? Yeah, no, that's what they're saying. They're saying Ezra Miller may be pretty heavy, either on the nose bags or the on the. Um, on the um, you know, heroin, something like that. They're they're saying that there's there's potential that it could be a real situation. Or maybe he just has anger management issues, and sure. he's a mean drunk. Yeah, well, there's always there's always that option, Rich. Um, you know, it's unforgivable. I mean, it probably could be alcohol, and he could be the world's fucking meanest uh, drunk. Sure. So you're saying it's not coke related? You're saying it's there's not harder? Well, it's at, well, it's, it's at a it's at a bar. Yeah, like. You know, I mean, he was fucking probably pissed out of his mind. He was probably hammered. Yeah. Like, if, if you're at a bar, and again, this sounds like, you know, someone who's a mean drunk. Yeah. Who, who gets confrontational and, and loud. So, it's not, I mean, not saying he doesn't have a substance, but maybe the substance is alcohol. Like, you mm. know, maybe he's just one of those alcoholics who become a mean drunk. They want to beat the shit out of everything they see. They get drunk. I don't know. Not the world's most, you know, formidable foe, Ezra Miller, when I look at him. You know. Yeah, well, he's really he's really helping to uh, sell that flash uh, movie. Uh, flash movie that's been in development for the last fifteen years. Yeah, and uh, wasn't there a while ago an Ezra Miller story where he choked someone or something? Am I misremembering? Yeah, he choked a, a woman or a girl at a, a convention or something. Yeah, there was something or other, and like it was like, oh, we were just play acting or something. But I was like, are you? Well, that's what he claimed, but I don't know if she felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it was all fun and games. Yeah. It was just I'm an actor. I was just pretending. Yeah, it was just a pretend uh, rough kind of treatment. Uh, Ezra, she has, she has, um, she's got finger marks around her neck. Well, I'm a, I really get into character. Yeah, when I'm, I'm a method actor. I'm a method actor. You know, I get lost in the role. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ezra Miller, what a fucking piece of work. Like, uh, like this flash thing. 
it feels like it's been going on forever. This movie, like again, all these all these current people just are like real pieces of work. Honestly, like you know, Ezra Miller, Simon Liu, like they're all pieces of work. Seriously, we should put them in a fucking spaceship and jet them off to space. Like frankly, like and and run out of poor, that Ezra. Poor, poor aliens. Yeah, what did they do to deserve that? Now they might see that as an act of aggression, by the way, and then actually invade us if we did that. That'd be hilarious. Um, now we've got uh, the Bob Dylan Center is located at 116E Reconciliation Way. Will be the permanent home to more than 100,000 objects related to Bob Dylan: handwritten lyrics, paintings, and drawings, rare audio recordings, never before seen footage of live performances, musical instruments, even items of clothing that span the more than 60 years that the man born Robert Allen Zimmerman has been an undeniable force in American music and culture. Man, I want to see this for sure. Um, this is this is sounding like it's right up my alley, Rich. Uh, uh, you know, a visit visit to this center, man, the Bob Dylan Center. That, that, that'll be that's that'll be your Graceland. I was going to say it's very it's very Graceland esque, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, it is. It is very similar to a Graceland kind of vibe. Well, Elvis has set the precedent. Once you reach a certain level, you get your own Graceland. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I read somewhere that Bob Dylan was um, really, uh, what's the word? He, he when he went to Graceland, he was really he was really shocked by how gaudy it was. Like when when he, he was like, busy- "I must have it." Yeah. No, I'm just, uh, but, but literally, apparently, that was the, that was that was his takeaway. Like he he was he was really surprised. Like he never went. He never wanted to meet Elvis when he was alive because he just revered Elvis Presley so much. Like to him, well, it's like never made you heroes. Yeah, he was apparently when Elvis Presley died. Bob Dylan was like depressed for like a year or something. Like he really, was I what, think, I think a lot of the world was. Yeah, when when the king, the king is gone, but no, not there, there, there were people weeping in the streets when Elvis died. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, God, I, I didn't obviously live through it, but I, I, I can't even imagine it. Like it just seems like it, it, it almost would have felt like I bet at the time like he was too big to die. You know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Why? But you know what I mean, though. When I say that. No, I. But it's just that he was big when he died. That's like he, he was big. He was overweight and all that. So it's just sorry. <laughs> My brain just makes weird connections. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's yeah. It's a it's a fair point, Rich. Um, he was too big. That's why he died <laughs> on the toilet. Um, yeah, for sure. Eating a big. Hey, if you got to go out memorably, like you're the most famous person in the world, you got to you got to go out like that. You got to, uh, you know, you can't just be you can't go peacefully in your bed. Like, <laughs> well, I think um, I don't think Sybil Shepherd was with him, but she was one of his girlfriends, you know, in the last years. But there was another woman who was in the other room. Um, it wasn't Sybil Shepherd, but she was she was amongst the last girlfriends, I, I believe. Anyway who had kind of a fling with Elvis. Um, you know, he had he had good taste. Um, now, breaking news, Rich, I thought you might enjoy this. Stargirl show cast the Green Lantern Sun Obsidian for season three. I'm not surprised. They had Jade in it, so, I mean... Sure. Do we know? He, he is a legacy character, so, I mean, it makes sense. If you're going to have Jade, you've got to have... Got to have Obsidian. Do we know who um, is cast? Obsidian cast. Mm, we never clue. No? All right, let's have a look here. Obsidian cast, DC, and what's the show, Stargirl? Yeah? Uh, it's really is... annoying that, that Disney have a Stargirl as well, so you have to be very specific. Tim Gabriel. Tim Gabriel is the is the person who's who's cast. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, he's cast as gay character Todd Rice, which I assume is Obsidian's like real name. Okay, because that's right. Because Obsidian's gay, and then they turned um, what's his name? Alan Scott, is that right? Gay as well. Um, yeah. They turned him, but he was in the closet. He was like old school in the closet gay, whereas Obsidian was like Adam yeah, Proud. Yep. Adam Proud. Um, and, you know, we all know you weren't happy, Rich, from memory, were you, with the with the gayification of Alan Scott? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm against all gayification of straight characters because, sure. like, no, because it, this is the way I look at it. I get it. I know people go, but it's fiction. It's maybe, I, I know, I get it, but. For years, you know, you're told you're born that way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that is who you are. Like, you're gay, you're straight, whatever. It's not a choice. You sure. don't just flip a switch and then whatever. But it feels so disingenuous when you're doing that because it is like you're just flipping a switch, you know? Sure. And the, uh, But this is my point, is that they're so lazy <laughs> because they are gay characters. Mm. Gay characters have been created. You mm. know, Obsidian was gay. But instead yeah. of you saying, hey, listen... We've got this gay character, Obsidian, right? Mm. He's related to, to Green Lantern. He's a legacy character, right? Let's fucking do something with him. Let's mm. get an Obsidian Jade book out there, right? The kids of yeah. the original Green Lantern. Let's fucking do it. Come on. Let, we're writers. <laughs> We've got talent. Let's do it. But instead, they just go, let's just take a character that everyone knows and just make them gay. Job done. Yeah. Finish. I can go home now. Like, it's just... It's the laziness that gets to me. It's the whole of like, we don't want to put the time and the effort into promoting our already gay characters. Sure. Right? We would rather completely change a character, undo decades worth of uh, character continuity, all this sort of shit, mm. just to have a headline in the newspaper and then everyone will forget about it. They love that headline, Rich. They do love a headline, my friend. Mm. And that's why I said it, it pisses me off just because I just think it's the absolute, it's just the laziest thing that you can do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I just, yeah. no, it, I, I, it's lazy, lazy, lazy. I hear you, and I'd much rather them actually take proper gay characters, characters that were created gay or, you know, um, uh, developed that way. Characters that were gay from the get-go, basically, you know? Well, not necessarily, because maybe sometimes you have a character that you've never really delved into their section. Sure, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. I'm okay with that. If you've never really delved into a character's sexuality, you know, you maybe you get to a point you're going to... There'd be a lot of characters like that, I would think. There'd be a lot of characters. That's my point. I don't have an issue with that, right? But, again, Green Lantern is a bit different. He's had years of... Well, he's been around since the Golden Age, hasn't he? Yeah, and his wife and his girlfriend was, like, I think the first Harley Quinn and... You know, she like um, she she was a bad guy and blah blah blah. And I think she ran off with the kids, or he didn't. She didn't know that she was pregnant, and right. the kids got put up for adoption, all this sort of crap. So it's just really? interesting stuff that already with this character's backstory, with with Green Lantern's backstory and his love life, mm. I just feel like you undo all that, or you you you, you negate that, or you turn around and say, oh no, the whole time he was gay, he just didn't even know. He but now that record is like, no, I was, I was, I was just keeping it in the closet, you know. Although that, that is an interesting story too, because there there would be a lot of like I think of like old film actors, you know, from like the thirties through to say the sixties, seventies. Uh, plenty of plenty of those guys um, may have swung both ways, and they kept it kind of hidden or out of the press, you know. Like that that is a, I'm sure. Heard of. And 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 again, if you want to do like a Elseworlds, sure, you know, where you want to say, hey, we want to just look at these characters in a different way. Mm. It's not canon, mm. right? Like, uh, 
What was the the what was the name of the book that I really enjoyed? That was the justice uh, the Justice Society, um, and Dynamo guys. Evil golden Golden Age. Age? Golden Age. That was it. That was a really good uh, Elseworlds. Yeah, that was awesome. Book. That was awesome. Right, where you take those characters and you make some changes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. And, and characters die and, and all that sort of crap. Like, that's fine. I, if you want to say, hey, we want to do this thing, we want to do an Elseworlds story or like a Black Label as you've got now, and we want to, like, take one of the Justice characters mm. in their prime, or sorry, Justice Society characters in their prime mm. and have them be like a closet uh, uh, homosexual because of the time period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe like how they come out to the others in the the team and maybe even that rubs some of the people in the team the wrong way because again this is not canon yeah so not the actual characters but it's an interesting story you could tell i'm okay with that go mm. for it mm-hmm. that could be very interesting where it's not the villains that you're dealing with it's your actual own teammates yeah who you thought would accept you and then maybe most maybe a lot of them do but some of them don't and well different you know, time period as well people would be exactly. less uh, so forgiving or you know you yeah, less do something um, interesting with it tolerant to actually go but actually change canon Sure. Just because. Although I will say it. this, I will. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I guess you could look at it like if you look at it this way: if you look at the stories from the golden age as fairly sanitized and simplistic, uh, a lot of stories have been mined since, where they go back and redo it with a more modern lens. Um, so you could be looking at that almost as like they're the TV depictions back then. You know how they sanitized like sex and everything, like marriages. You know, people, husband and wife couldn't sleep in the same bed on TV and all that well into yes. the 50s. Um, Dave, I agree. I understand what you're saying and I do agree with you. If you're going to take a little bit more of an obscure character or maybe sure. not as high profile character, you're choosing the high profile yeah, character. Yeah, but do, don't, you think, don't you think to a lot of people, Alan Scott is obscure? I would have thought. Pretty no, obscure. no, no, no. There's far, there's far more obscure characters on the Justice Society than. Yeah, but um, I would say all of them are like to the mainstream audience. I, I don't think no, any of them. No, no, no. Again, but what I would say is maybe again, do your due diligence, do some research, actually go and look at all the characters, right, mm. and just look at some of their character arcs and their story stuff and all that, and maybe try and pick the best one. Yeah, the one who maybe you know what, you know, there's some elements here where you know this character never really had a girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe we can play into, you know, that he didn't have the girlfriend because he was, you know, actually gay and he didn't yeah, feel like yeah. he'd come out. Yeah. And, again, do your research. Do well, the, the, the code in Hollywood used to be renowned bachelor, you know? Whenever you hear that, whenever you hear that that comment, uh, in generally that's gay coding, um, you know, yeah. for, for old film. But Alan wasn't, but again, a lot of those guys were married. They had wives and... Um, so did Alan Scott. So my point sure. is, you could find on there, like maybe, if, like there are characters in there, like even um, I think uh, Johnny Thunder was pretty much a, the, a bachelor. Right. Never really had yeah any um, like love life to speak of, or mm. or you know like a wife or girl. Like again, do your research, find the characters that could fit yeah. the the thing that the story that you're trying to tell. Don't just pick the most high profile of the bunch and go. Well, everyone knows Green Lantern. Green Lantern is like. Because, you know, if you're talking about Justice Society, there's no Superman, there's no Batman, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the most highest profile on there is going to be either the Flash or um, Green Arrow, uh, uh, Green Lantern. That's going to be the two highest names because those names still exist in another form. Mm. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, again, they picked him because they, like, they picked him because he was the highest profile that they could get some headlines with. Yeah, 
And if they had picked Johnny Thunder, I don't think anyone would have given a shit. You know what I mean? Because no. I mean, again, most of the people would be like, who? Yeah. Johnny Thunder. Well, I, I'm almost like that. I'm like, I mean, I, I vaguely know who that is, but only very vaguely. Is he the guy with the genie? Yeah, yeah, say you. Yeah, yeah. I only know that because I've read a few, little bit of JSA. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I Look, I'll be honest. Out of the computer will probably strike me down here, but I, 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 outside of Jeff Johns, I struggle to care about the JSA. I really do. Outside of Jeff Johns. I, at Jeff Johns, I thought, told the story really well and made it very interesting. But uh, outside of that, uh, I like their team-ups with the JLA, I guess. I do like those team-ups. Um, but you, when they're solo by themselves, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, guys. Maybe it's time to call it a day. Wildcats cool. My point is, it, it, you know, and but this is why I like the, the Jeff Johns um, Justice Society run is because he reinvented a lot of those characters, right? Yeah. Again, he, he, he looked at, okay, what characters have basically been retired or killed off? Whose legacies can I bring back? Yeah, do you know what I mean. And one of the greatest things to come out of that was Mister Terrific, mm. right? A long dead uh, character, mm. you know, um, whatever that was, just collecting, you know, mold, sure, uh, collecting dust, and he made him like a one of the standout characters of the JSA. So mm. that's my point. If you put in the effort, mm. you can create something new and and wonderful and popular that fans will love. But I just don't think many fans like you just flipping a switch and changing a character that has been that character for decades. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, for decades. I just think, again, I just, I, that's why I like John's. He puts in the effort. If he's going to introduce a new character or make some changes, he puts the effort in to 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 do his research and do it well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, Rich. Well, I mean, you yeah, know, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, what can we say other than, you know, different strokes for different folks kind of thing is, is the other thing as well. Like, don't forget that old saying. <laughs> don't forget that old chestnut. Depends on the strokes that you like. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, John Toretto talked to his own kid, a DC editor, about the Batman. His daughter uh, is a Batman uh, associate editor. And, um, yeah, she was, for DC Comics, she's an associate editor of DC Comics. And, yeah, he was chatting to her. That's kind of cool because he was playing Falcone, wasn't he, from memory in the movie? Yeah, she, he's getting some angles from her. That's a rat with wings. He was playing yeah. the rat with wings. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that, mist, that fucking mystery. Like, Jesus Christ, that mystery was getting very tired by the end of that uh, end of that show. Now, All-American star Anna Law boards the CW's Gotham Knights pilot. This was the same thing that um, the guy from Supernatural Castiel was cast. And she's playing uh. St- Stephanie Brown, better known as Batman Ally Spoiler, which is created by uh, Chuck Dixon, actually, and I think Tom Lyle. Um, I I thought Chuck created the character. I, I, I instinctively thought that, but I went back and checked on the internet today. And so, yeah, a nice one for Chuck to pick up anyway, that they're going to be using you know his character um, in yeah. this... Um, Still sounds like a terrible premise, though. Does sound like a terrible premise, Richard, I agree, about, like, Batman's dead and the rogues' kids team up with Batman's kid against something else. And, like, what was it against? Aliens or something, wasn't it? Was, I forget what it was, like, some conspiracy. No, it was, just, I, it was just trying, again, they were trying to find the real culprit or something. <laughs> the real culprit. Real, real Scooby-Doo shit. <laughs> they began the mystery machine, whatever it was called. Oh, probably. I'm, I'm sure they'll have some sort of, like, uh, friendship wagon or something. <laughs> French, French wagon. <laughs> I hope they do. That sounds cool. Um, Disney Plus edits Falcon and Winter Soldier scenes to remove blood and violence. I'm not happy, Richard. 
um, and mm-hmm. some marble. This is, this, is, this, this is the problem with digital. Yeah, erase the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, change it. And edit, the next generation won't even know that it's changed. Yeah, erase the past, edit the present. That's it. That's it, kids. It's Big Brother. And we've let him in. We let him in. We let him in. We let the mouse come in. We let Google come in. We let Facebook come in. We let them all in. They took all our data. They took all the fucking cookies. And, uh, yeah, it's the world as they want you to see it. Isn't it, Rich? Yeah, look, I mean, that's why as much as I like Game Pass, right? Sure. If there's a game I really like, when I see it for cheap, you know, like on a sale or I get a really good I will buy it. Yeah. Because anything can disappear from Game Pass, anything can disappear from Steam, any digital comic can be altered or movie or TV show can be altered if you don't own it. Like, you you know what I mean? got it. Even now, like, do you know how difficult it is literally impossible to find the unedited Star Wars original movies? Oh yeah, because like, um, the only thing you yeah. can ever find is the is the edited uh, remastered versions. You know what I mean? And thanks, like you, thanks, you, fucking you, George Lucas for that. You know? Yeah. So that's what I said. If you always like, in, you can enjoy things digitally, mm. but if you really like it and you want to preserve it, mm. buy it physically. Get oh, I agree. I I, mean, I I I I think sometimes it's like. You, you really should do yourself a favor and uh, and get stuff um, physically. I still am a believer in physical media uh, when I really want something that I just want for me. Like when COVID started, I got Turtles, I got Transformers, He-Man, Shearer, and Dungeons and Dragons, and I was just like, yeah, I've I've got them. You know, like they can't they can't do anything with that. They can they can't take that away from me, Rich. You know, exactly. They can't take well, it away unless they unless. Unless they break into your house. And yeah, and then they're going to have to face a fucking paint train. Um, you know, that's not going to be as easy. That's not going to be as easy as what they're probably thinking, Rich. You know, it's going to be it's going to be Let's some so. hard times. Hard times, rock and yeah, roll. It could be a uh, it could be an outlawed uh, thing, and they and they're going to burn it. Wow, it'd be, it'd be illegal to own it, buddy. I'd love to see it, man. Like. Yeah, like um, Judge Dredd when he busts into um, when he busts into uh, like houses and stuff, and he's like taking away, you know, the um, comics. So like, it's illegal to own yeah. two thousand yeah. AD and stuff. And, like he he starts locking people up and everything. I mean, yeah, Judge Dredd goes all the way, man. That could that could be the future, Rich. Do you think is that the future you're predicting? Hey, very much could be. Man, that'd be insane. Well, if we're looking at everything in the past and, and calling it racist and inappropriate and offensive and all that sort of shit, sure. yeah, how long before that sort of shit, you know, if you enjoy that old crap, you get called, like, criminal or you're racist a, and they start banning things and all that sort of shit. You're a criminal. A you know, criminal. I would have laughed. I would have laughed thinking that 10 years ago, but today, anyway, yeah. I, I almost think it's possible. I do too, Rich. You you you're barking up my alley with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, the the law's going to clamp down, and the the censorship board's going to clamp down, and yeah, they'll start making shit that you illegal books, like back in the old days, back in the forties and the fifties, you know, illicit books. Well, we are they going to come after my Batman omnibuses? I'll be concerned then. For sure, I'll be super concerned if that's going to be the case. Wowee. I'm looking around my bookshelf thinking, what can I toss them and say, you can have this? Probably I'll give them some of the more crap stuff. I'll be like, have this. Yeah, nothing. 
give them nothing. Don't give them an inch. <laughs> now, shopping with the gang, Rich, um, Moonlight Legacy, the complete collection, comes out next week. That's the Max Bemis um, collection of Moon Knight, which I believe Ray has all the copies of. it. He, he had Max Bemis on the show, actually, on Into the Night. Um, I didn't see a lot else that was screaming at me uh, for purchases. I certainly won't be buying that, but I thought listeners might have enjoyed that. I do know that coming soon, there's a Moon Knight Omnibus Volume 2, which covers the back half of Doug Munch's run, uh, Fist of Conchu, uh, and a couple of other, I think, small specials. Next up, in if they do Volume 3, will be Chuck Dixon's run and James DeMatteis' run. Um, I'm reading James DeMatteis' run for the interview that we're having next weekend. Um, yeah, but... Um, there's, there's some stuff coming out, but I, I think right now it's kind of bunkered down. Some big books coming out later in the year, Rich. Mm.
DC Infinite's pretty cool. I'll probably use it more than Marvel Infinite. You are reading a lot more um, old school DC at the moment. Yeah, I do like my old school DC. A Adam teases me, but I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? And it's not always old, old. Like, for me, I, I think the 90s is a really under... I actually think a lot of the 90s DC product is actually really strong, you know, because I think a lot of it's the Batman and, like, Chuck was on a lot of good titles, like, Superman was good. Like, there was a lot of good stuff happening in DC in the 90s, if you know what I mean. Mm. All right. Oh, for sure. That was probably, like, one of the... Again, that, that's when I was, like, thoroughly enjoying comics, like, yeah. um, 90s, 2000s. Totally. All right. Weekly Comics Rich and it's Flashback Friday. They're all oldies this week. Um, we took a trip in the time machine. First up, and I'm going to bring in up my my uh, my iPad, which had this issue in uh, Superman two six one. Um, I'm actually forgetting what was even in it. I gave it seven point five out of ten. What did you think of two, Superman two six one, Rich? It's a fine, fun, interesting little story. It's um, mm. so basically Lois is doing a. Um, a report on Star Sapphire. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, Star Sapphire. Yeah. And then somehow, Superman is battling. Um, it's called Nitro Man or something. Basically, just a guy that has vials of nitro. Yes. And um, the Carol is uh, Carol Ferris is flying over, and somehow she can see Superman mm. fighting, but she imagines him as well. I think it's the. Um, it's a star sapphire. star sapphire sort of in her, mm. the personality, whatever. And she can see him fighting, but she thinks that he's fighting Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. And he's killed Green Lantern. She it's the tavern sign. The tavern sign is Green Lantern, which is what triggers her. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. And so then it's about her trying to get the gem back, which uh, uh, Lois accidentally took the real yes. star sapphire and not the fake one. And uh, then... Star Sapphire mind controls Superman and then Lois dresses up. So now <laughs> there's two of them. Yeah. And he has to obey and they're giving contradictory. It was a funny little, not serious, fun story. Like, yeah, it was, it was just a bit of fun, you know, like, yeah, and like um, Superman, slave of Star Sapphire. Uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the artwork too, Rich. It was Kurt Swan, yeah? <clears throat> Which is always a pleasure. Frankly, I mean, I, I said this to Jerry Conway. I still think him as my Superman. You know, when I think of Superman, that's who I think of. Oh, for sure. Wow, it's just, for sure. For sure. it's just craziness. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. Of, I, I think a lot of like newer artists always struggled with Superman. Mm. Why is that you though? Because he's um, so. It seems to me that his charm is his simplicity. You know, of his look. Mm. I don't know, but. It's it's not just the look though; it's the build. He's the original man. You give him. Well, they muscle him up these days because everyone gets muscled up. So I understand that. But like, I mean, he was always muscly. But when I look at this picture, yeah, he's solid. Mean, you know. But no, but what I mean is that if you look at if you look at Superman back in those days, mm. the artist drew him pretty consistent. Mm. Like it may be in their style, but he he didn't fluctuate greatly in like size yeah like mass all that sort of stuff whereas if you read superman from like i don't know like um 
2010s, maybe mm. onwards, mm. he can fluctuate from like the Hulk to, mm. oh yeah, to like skinny to like you know what I mean. It like like everyone does it in their own style, but they don't try and keep any consistency no. uh, with it. But what I like about the old Superman stuff is it just, it just feels like there's a bit more consistency consistency to his look. Yeah, but this one had had hands down the best. The best oh yeah, he, he just and, was so yeah. iconic that like we did on the show whatever happens to the man of tomorrow, didn't we? We we did do that, and I yeah. really I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I thought it was I thought it was excellent actually. Frankly, I thought it was excellent. Agreed. Yeah, a very 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 good run. Um, well, I gave it seven point five. What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I think that's a fairly fairly decent score, and. Uh, I just plucked that one. Again, out. it's it's nothing. It's it's not it's not a momentous storyline or like a big thing. It's just a little fun, yeah, throwaway uh, one issue. You know I I, mean? I, I enjoy. A, you know, I enjoy that period of Superman, the late seventies. Um, well, it's all episodic back in those days. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like you may have had one or two stories that go over like two issues or mm. something like that, but it was generally very episodic. Like each each issue was almost its own self-contained little adventure yeah yeah and and i think it often worked out well next up we had uh celebrating james dematteis and i thought i'd put this in here in case you wanted to have any questions for him regarding and i I checked to see what batman work he'd done and next week we're doing one of his one of his most acclaimed works which is batman going sane that's going to be our trade of the week next week um but this was batman two-face crime and punishment uh, a prestige I, kind of one shot that came out in '95. Rich, I, I mean, I dug it. I've always enjoyed Two Face. I got into Two Face from the animated TV show, the animated cartoon. Um, I really got absorbed with Two Face's storyline, um, and I felt he had some of the strongest episodes in the animated series. What did you think of this one, Rich? Because I dug it heavy. Uh, it was very, um, it's very interesting. It's a, again, it's a new layer. The abusive father. The abusive father, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously back in the day, what drove him insane was the acid in the face. Sure. But then, the, but know, ever since the animated series, they started to play with the, he had the problems beforehand. You know, that was apparently the first time that they did that. Well, that's what I mean. Like, this is just all adding, you know, um, and, and that's some, the, the, the interesting thing about, like, Batman villains over the years, they mm. always get layers added to them. Yeah. You know, they're not just... Um, the Machiavellian sort of uh, characters who are just like evil mm. because they're evil or because they're bad. Like, I mean, okay, well, except for the Joker. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of them have got something that um, twisted them or warped them or yeah. put them on the path or or brought out the monster, so to speak, or, mm. or stuff and all that. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I, there's just one issue I have. What's that, Rich? Not, Tell us. What is it? It's, it's just I hate it when they do cursive writing in comics. I'm not a fan either. I agree. Uh, I agree. I just, it's, it's it's really chore. hard for me to it's read. A I just it's, a chore. it's just it's, yeah, it's really challenging to read such small letters, small words. I agree with you. On written that in cursive. I just, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, di- a design choice I don't like. No, I agree with you. I, I think it makes it harder to read than it should. And in fact, one of the uh, comments. On one of the pages, I think he said something, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure because of the mm. the the lettering design. I, I I think he said you've got the form, but not the substance. But I wasn't sure if he said the form because I couldn't quite read 
properly. Well, I mean, it makes sense if you know, form and substance. Yeah, but I shouldn't have to work that hard, Rich. That's my no, point. But that, yeah, that's my point. I, I struggle. Like, I have to go, huh, what's this now? Uh, like, it's like I've got to focus more, and I don't like that. I want to be able to just look at a page and read it. I don't want to have to get Yeah, yeah. I, you don't, you don't want to have to t take out the microscope and, and, and go in depth. I, I totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a good story. It's interesting. Uh, it, again, it's, it's adding the layer of the abusive father who tells the kid that they're bad. Was he just physically abusive or was he sexually abusive? Because I think he was just beating him drunk, wasn't he? Am yeah, I... it's just physical. And just saying that he's a bad boy. Like, he's yeah. bringing it on himself, you know. Uh, a lot of people try to justify uh, beating the kids that they try and say the kids, this is your fault. Right, it's, you, it's, you know, it's not my fault. Which is horrible. You, which is absolutely fault. horrible. Yeah, you know. Uh, but again, it adds layers and stuff and all that. So as I said, it, uh, it it's good. It's good. I, I mean, I'd give this an eight out of ten for sure. Like, it's, I'm uh, giving it eight as well. We're on the same score. Wow, we not even a point five inside reach. Well, for you, that's shocking. You know, I felt it was. I felt it was an eight. I, I really enjoyed. It. I'm looking yeah, for. I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised that you don't give out ten point fives. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, that, that's for nightfall, my friend. That's when when Bane <laughs> breaks Batman's back. That, that's that's a, that's that's like an eleven point five. Um, yeah, no, and uh, we're going to have JM on the show, and we are doing going sane next week, and I'm definitely going to uh, have a question about Batman going sane. Uh, in that, and I might even ask him a question about Two Face as well while we're there, while we're there, get two for the price of one. Mm. Um, then we had an all time classic, The Flash, one seventy nine. Rich Kerry Bates on Flash. This was the first one. I, I think this might have been the first of his run, um, or the first storyline he did where Flash goes back to the Earth. What Earth is it? Where Julie Schwartz is the editor and they're producing the Flash comics and all this stuff. I love this man. I loved this issue, dude. Uh, I like that in the comic. Um, yeah, I loved it, man. But overall, the story's not. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, you weren't as in love with I mean, it. The, as the, well, I mean, the, the alien looked a bit too cartoony and goofy. Sure. You know, it looked like the. Uh, he reminded me of the alien from the Flintstones. <laughs> he did. He, I was going to say, is it Marvin um, the Martian? Is that him? No, 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 no. That's from uh, Looney Tunes. Oh, okay. But it's, but you know that but yeah. you but I can't remember I the, the name but I know the there's, a, there's a little alien that only Fred Flintstone can see and yeah. all that sort of no, shit. I know like, the guy. He yeah. looks so much like that. I just went, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit goofy. Yeah. But I did, I did enjoy the middle of the story where he he somehow accidentally winds up on like proper Earth. Yes. You know. Yeah. Where, where uh, he's a comic book character and he awesome. goes to like uh, uh, talk to Julie Schwartz and all that sort of yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, and Julie that, has that the treadmill. Really Julie puts the treadmill together. Well, Flash does it. He needs, yeah, he, he gets the parts. He gets the parts. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got no money. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was fun, but I felt the I felt the alien story in between the so the, the start and the end was yeah. a bit too. It was a bit too Saturday morning cartoon, but for kids, not for like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the whole like um, oh, I'm a really goofy kind of alien, and and even the alien monster just looked very. It was goofy. It was good. It was, but yeah, it, it was. It was. A, it felt like a matchup. You remember when DC was doing that Hanna Barbera? Yes. 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 It yes. felt like that. It, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like the Flash in a Flintstones kind of yeah. Hanna Barbera type thing and all that. Now, that's not to say it's not a terrible story. I mean, I quite like the idea of a creature that 
uh, is attracted to uh, Barry Allen's Speed Force aura mm. um, uh, as like a, a, a sustenance or, a, you know, something he can feed off. I thought that was very interesting. But overall, I thought the story was a little bit goofy. In a little the slight. The end. It was yeah. Just... I like Julie yeah, Schwartz yeah, being... Yeah, I'm I giving mean... it 8.5 because I, I dug yeah. that Julie Schwartz was in it, man, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's a 7 out of 10, but that's yeah. most of that 7 is for the middle part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like he... Yeah, it was just funny. Like, I love the nutty concepts they came up back, you know, up with back then. It was kind of they were having a lot of fun, weren't they? Like, you could tell. Yeah, I, but I kind of wish they would made the alien look a little bit more menacing. It, it yeah. didn't, as I said, it, just, it looked too. Uh, it did look a lot like the alien you're talking about. I know the alien you're talking about. He's got a weird name. Um, yeah, he's so got he, a even the name. alien creature that that is that he's fighting him or trying to devour him. Yes, again, it just looked like something out of like uh, Scooby Doo or, or, or you know, like it, like the monster of the week. It didn't mm. look, it, it didn't look like menacing. Yeah, you know, but so it's, you know, you're on a deadline. It's certainly quicker to draw than they go for too much detail. Yeah, no, for sure. So you gave it seven. I gave it eight point five. Yeah. Um, yep. Now, what did we have then? We had Spectacular Spider-Man 200. Richard, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. I thought this issue was, like, so so gripping. I'd never read this before. I love JM's uh, second run on Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, this is... This was big for me. Like, Harry Osborn as a Green Goblin, just taunting. Um, it is the death of Harry Osborn as well. He's dead at the end, isn't he? It's a death of Harry. <laughs> yeah, it's a death. Like, uh, this was a really kind of, I felt, almost very mature kind of examination of mental illness and of, um, you know, kind of stalking and just the amount of pressure Peter's under. Like, Peter's really cracking here under the pressure, you know, having this mm. guy. I don't even, I never remember Mary Jane smoking. It was a big thing that they had even into the Clone Saga. In the 90s, they made this big thing about Mary Jane smoking and it being a real point of contention between the two of them. Um, she's still... Yeah, I just yeah. don't remember it. I, I literally... It's one of those things that I guess just never... It's one of those little details that just never stuck with me. But I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, I forgot, like... Uh, I forgot that MJ even smoked at one point. Like, Yeah, know, yeah. Because it gets such a minor thing, I guess, like... Yeah, for sure. But, but when she lit up in this, I was like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're like, okay, But remember Jane. that? Exactly, man. Um, you yeah, know, so she's doing that. There's a lot of hijinks going on. Um, for me, I really dug this. I really dug the artwork. I dug the storyline. I dug the drama. And I liked it when he took uh, the uh, he took her up to the bridge, you know, where where Gwen Stacy had died at the start. And then you and you realize yeah. how mixed up Harry Osborn is. He was a mixed up guy, wasn't he? Well, again, he's like Two Face. He was damaged by his father. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and in the shadow of his father, unlike Two Face, um, this guy is definitely in the shadow of Norman Osborn, mm. isn't he? Um, what, what did you think, Rich? Because I loved it. I actually thought this was an excellent, excellent issue. Um, yeah. where are you, Rich? <laughs> where are you, man? I, I, so I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I was. I wasn't a massive fan of the art. Like you don't no, like okay, Summer okay, Summer. Okay. Wow. Hang on, hang on. Let me preface this. <laughs> I like his Green Goblin and I like his Spider Man. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not that sold on the faces. 
like the the, the human faces. Yeah, just... okay, yeah, okay. It's a it's a very distinctive um, style. Yeah, I mean, everything, I like everything's it. very yeah, every, everything's very angular. Everything's yes. very like true, sharp and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It's just mm. so. And again, but and it's, it's for me, it's a little bit damaging because it's not an action packed. Thing. No, no, it's, it's not. very much a, it's very much an emotional thing where you, you you kind of need you kind of need a lot of that to be in the faces, mm. like um, you know, and uh, it, it's I mean it's okay. I'm, I'm not saying it's like oh my god, it's so awful, but mm. it, it would have been very interesting to see someone with a little maybe a little bit more range in the faces, mm. um, you know, to convey anger, fear, um, sort of stuff i mean mm. it's there but i just feel like it's it's a bit more simplistic for the story that you're telling mm. but the story itself is really good it's very interesting you know mm. what i mean it's it's someone who is basically losing their mind mm. um they're deteriorating you know what i mean they yeah. are going through uh fits and 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 bouts of of like insanity of anger mm. um you know um confusion uh it, it, it's just very very interesting like um although there was the weird thing where his kid is like fucking killing a spider-man toy oh yeah the kids the kids warped little normie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm trying to remember why he's so fucking warped um well i, I think he's kind of brainwashed by the um by the father i think you know he's brainwashed by the by the mother oh, and then- father hating spider-man so much but then why buy him a Spider-Man toy? Well, I don't know. I, the answer to that, I do not know. Um, but I, I do think that he was imprinting a lot of his, um, you know, they were imprinting a lot of their bias onto him, you know, subconsciously or otherwise. And uh, I would I would love to have seen this story done in, like, an animated show, like an animated oh, Spider-Man so show. Oh, so would I. So would I. I you I, know, like, yeah. I want, I want Spider-Man to have an animated show on the same level as the, the, the Batman, the animated show. Sure. You know what I mean? Where they they take characters and stories and they tell those cool, almost, like, human mm. stories. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, with, like, uh, Mr. Freeze and, and Two-Face and... You weren't a fan uh, of the 90s you know, animated I mean, show? I thought they did. No, I was a fan of... No, the, the 90s one was good, but I didn't think that it went deep enough. Yeah. You know, not to the levels of, like, what Batman did with yeah. the animated no, show, right? I agreed, yeah. You know, Batman really, really went a bit deeper, you know what I mean? Uh, took you on a, maybe a bit more of an emotional mm. um, sort of ride, which I think Spider-Man lends himself to that as well. Do you know what I mean? Spider-Man, there's a lot of emotion in, in Spider-Man comics generally. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's... You know, there's this anger, there's betrayal, there's, you know, um, uh, villains who, uh, a lot of them are the way they are because of their hate for Spider-Man. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. as I said, that's why I said, like, Spider-Man is, 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 in a lot of ways, is his own worst enemy. Do you know what I mean? Because he makes his villains, he, he drives them to the point of, like, maddening rage. Which is similar Spider-Man. to Batman as well, isn't it? Like, you know, with his rogues. No, uh, no, but I mean, Batman shows more compassion to them. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. like Batman isn't, as I said, Batman might punch them out, but he's not mocking them when he does it. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man has the banter. He has or, the banter, yeah. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying is that, like, it's that banter that actually, and I like that they touch on that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I like that they don't shy away from the fact that, hey, Spider-Man can be a bit of a jerk, and a lot of the times, you know, his life is difficult because of these choices that he makes or, mm. or, or of things 
he doesn't realize come back to bite you know because i mean like scorpion i think is one of those characters that hates him because of how um uh you know uh, spider-man treat him like a nobody criminal belittle, belittles you know him, you know yeah, but little is him to the point that he, I think he volunteers for the J.J. Jameson Scorpion thing. Mm. Uh, when J.J. is trying to, you know, so I'm just saying, like, Spider Man kind of tends to create his villains mm. in, a, in a sense or, 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 or um, instill that obsession, that hateful obsession that the, a lot of mm. the villains have. Mm. Whereas um, the obsession that Batman villains have is more from their, uh, their, their, their psychological problems. Yeah, their psychosis. Their, fixation on on you know like the riddler is obsessed with batman because the batman can solve his riddles yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because he sees batman is smart and he wants to beat the batman in the game the smart it's got nothing really to do with personality like his personality it's more to do with their yeah. uh war personality and, and the things that they put on batman so i'm just saying like a really good animated spider-man show where they they do delve into these sort of things like with the harry osborne and the hate that harry has for like the spider-man character which you know, because again, Spider Man is his best friend, but I mean, uh, you could look at it like Spider Man killed his dad. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, he did stuff, but I'm just saying, it depends on how you look at it. Like, and like, oh, Obi Wan Kenobi said, from a certain point of view. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of cool things that I'd love to have seen him be doing in a, in a, in a show very similar to the Batman. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you yeah, know, for sure, it's, you know, I, I, I thought it was a, a really fascinating comic. I think James DeMatteis is such a great Spider-Man. Like, honestly. Like, I think when people talk about Spider-Man creators in the modern era, I, I, I think he's so damn strong. You know? Really strong. And, and and I would say possibly slightly underrated. You know, I think he did a lot of good Spider-Man. And a lot of it's not collected in trades for some weird reason, which I don't understand. You know? Because there's an omnibus there waiting to happen. A James DiMatteis Spider-Man omnibus. He he did more than Craven's Last Hunt, you know? He did a hell of a lot of good Spider-Man. Even including in the Clone Saga, he was holding the flag high. He did a, he did Amazing 400, The Death of Aunt May, you know? A- amongst many of the other things he did, Rich. So, um, yeah, I'm giving it 10 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? I don't think... Uh... JM should be underrated in anyone's book. Totally agree. So if he is, you need to fix that. Yeah, you need to make a correction to your fucking book. <laughs> exactly, Jamie, but, sure. Look, I, I tell you what, I never underrated the guy because I loved his Craven. I just didn't no, know. I. I just didn't know he wrote so much and uh, so widely on so many things that I like. I, I just had no idea. I, you know, I just really didn't know that he did so much good work. Um, I just wasn't aware of it, and and now that I am. I, I, I think he's phenomenal. I really do. I've read quite a lot of James yeah. DeMatteis for the and, show. You know, and, and something that's also quite fascinating to read because we've we have read a fair bit of JM um, and we've gone back and forwards. Mm. You can you can actually see how he's he's improved as a writer as well. Oh, 100%. like you know, especially now because we've we've just done the Creature Commandos. Sure, we did his like early um, Defenders run. You know, and oh, then. Yeah. And then, but then you look at like the stuff on the like the Spider Man stuff, but then you look even after that. Like mm. JM's just one of the he, you know, and not just him, but I mean, obviously a lot of writers of his ilk and same time period, they definitely just got better and better as writers. A lot of them. So yes, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those guys. He has just he has he he's gotten better for every year yeah. that he's been in comics, right? And, and all that he's just gotten he's gone from strength to strength to strength. He has, he has. No, and I think that'd be difficult to do because I think for like 
in such, you know, it can't just be easy to pound it out for a deadline, you know, which is what these guys have to do. It, it, you know, it's and artists as well. It's, it, you know, a lot of people romanticise. I've heard John Suntress on Word Balloon talk about this. A lot of people romanticise the craft. It's a pretty demanding gig to do it for a long time on multiple titles, not always with your favourite characters either. You don't always get to play with Batman and Spider-Man, you know? Um and I, again, um, I agree with you because I think a lot of writers today have well, definitely romanticized working for comics. Mm. You know, they a lot of the younger writers today that, that they don't realize that it's a job. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's a it's like a nine to five. You got to put in the time. You got to put in the work. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to deliver a story, That's an it. entertaining story, and you know, yeah, uh, sure. And you don't just get to write whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, with whatever characters you know, like. Yeah, like uh, writers like Jame and all that, they knew that obviously it was passion. They wanted to be writers and sure. work and all that, but they also understood that it was a job and that you've got to tell good stories and you've got to do it in a timely manner mm. and you've got to do it within the boundaries of what has been established. Sure. Yeah. Um, you've got to stay true to the character that. kind of thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And still do your own spin. Like, I think James Spider Man is very different from. I don't know, um, Straczynski's Spider-Man or Bendis' Spider-Man. Like, there's different variations of flavour. Um, uh, JM's Moon Knight's very different to Chuck's Moon Knight, which is very different from Doug Munch's Moon Knight. You know, there's there's graduations and stuff, but I totally, I totally uh, hear what you're it, saying. It, it's different, but but they always have the same foundation, though. Yeah, it's true. So they're all working from the same foundation, but then they can, put, they can work that foundation into their writing style or yeah. stories and all that sort of stuff. They don't break it. No. They don't, like, smash the foundation no. and just do whatever the hell they want. No, exactly. And I think Jane was saying when we had him on, I remember him talking about Defenders. And I love – remember how much I loved that Defenders run? I loved that. Mm. I loved reading that. I, I want to do more of that. And he was saying these were characters no one cared about. Like, no one gave a shit about Hellcat and whoever the Nighthawk or whatever his name was. And all those all those guys and Son of Satan, they were, they were fringe, fringe, fringe. But he had so much freedom, you know? And told such an interesting story with it. Um, and speaking of that, Don Perlman was an artist on that Defenders run, and also a really great artist on Moon Knight, on on Ghost Rider. And do you know a co-creator of Moon Knight as well? That came up today when I was talking to Adam. Um, Don Perlman is, I believe, ninety-two. I reached out to him to have him on the show, Rich, and he said, uh, you know, I thanked him for his work, and I said, man, I just love you. I love your Ghost Rider. I love your style. Um, and he said, thanks. Um, Call me, call me back in the summer. So at 92 years of age, this guy's still willing to do interviews and stuff, Rich. Oh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to get Don Perlman on. I really would. I, I, I just I just loved his ghostwriter. I just thought he did a fantastic ghostwriter. Mm. <laughs> like, there's just something about... I'm attracted at times... It, simplicity is not meant as a, as a put-down in any way. I, I find in the simplicity sometimes a real beauty of the art. And his Ghost Rider, he, it's bare bones, but it's perfect. And, and bare bones is kind of a pun because it's the skull, you know? And I, I just look at it and I go, man, that is, that is just... If you're not going to go 90s, 2000s, like glossy, glossy, you know what I mean? But it's classic and it, it's so evocative. And I just think it's just such a skill. And I mean, the guy's 92 and he's still willing to do interviews, Rich. Can you believe that? It's good. It's great. I, I kind of, I, I think, you know, I, I would love to think that that's, um, 
uh, a, a sign that he still enjoys and has love for yeah. the the craft and what he's done and 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 to want to talk about it. That's fantastic. Well, he responded to me. He didn't have to respond to me. I'm just a, I'm just a random guy on Facebook with the show, man. There's a lot of guys like me, although we are a better show than most, if not all. And you know, I was I'm, about to say, like that's just a. This is a. Um, I, I'm not used to this this level of modesty from you, Dave. Yeah, Just well, a, I was going to say, a random guy on the internet, and, fr- and frankly, I'm be- and, and frankly better than most, if not all. You know, I'll say that right now. Um, so there's, the, you know, fuck modesty. There we go. That's better. Fuck That's modesty. Better. But like to get Don Perlman on, you know, what a, what a treat that would be, Rich. And I hope you'd be on there too, because as an artist, surely you could talk to Don about some stuff. You know, back in the days. Get some stories out of him because he would have. He knows where some bodies are buried, man. At ninety two, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. He's seen the right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, he can remember where they are. <laughs> you, question for you: Is Ryder kind of similar to my Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a documentary that they're hiding in fiction? The Ryder. Do you think that Satan really has a Ghost Rider? You know, roaming the deserts on the bike and in previous days on the horse. I, I know what you want to hear, but... <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Am I not going to get my wish, Rich? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, look, you know what? I'm not going to burst your bubble. I'm yeah, just going to let I you... Feel... I'm, I'm going I'm to let you believe what I just you feel want. the rider's real, man. I really do. I, I've at night sometimes slept and I've dreamt of the rider, you know? Like being on the motorbike and stuff and the, the flaming skull. I've said this to Brian Biggie at Inner Demons and, the, you know... I've gone deep into that well sometimes, man. That's great. And now, anyway. So, trade of the week. Richard, your choice. Creature Commandos. Um, enjoyable, actually. Uh, I didn't know what the fuck. When you said Creature Commandos, for some stupid reason, I thought, is this rich, like, with some Care Bears kind of bullshit? Like, um, that's what came to my head. Like, I, I thought it was going to be, like, a- animated bears at war or something. And I was just like, Rich is really bottoming out here. But... Yeah, but yeah, I, I I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know who wrote it. And then you said Jane Mateus. I was like, okay, interested. Then you said it was like the Universal Monsters in World War Two, and I was like, extremely interested. Um, can you set this one up for us, Rich? Uh, yeah. So it's basically uh, it, it's one of uh, it, it's earlier work from from JM. Sure. Um, uh, it's stuff that uh, it was in a. Um, like sort of like an anthology book. Um, weird War Tales, yeah, uh, yeah. Weird War Tales. You know, that's where they had like the 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 ghost tank and yeah. You know, uh, a lot of the weird war stories. Very popular like in the late seventies. Very mm. popular. I remember this as a little kid. Yeah. So they basically this is where they featured and they went for um, a couple of epi- uh, episodes uh, issues uh-huh. um, sporadically and all that. So it's very episodic. Um, sure. Each. Yeah. Um, obviously, the overarching thing is that they're fighting in World War Two. So, I mean, of the Nazis, part of the Nazis, yeah, but, and, and they're not afraid to call the Japanese the Japs as well. They're a little uh, politically yeah, correct. But each, but each, each issue is its own sort of self-contained yeah, story. Everyone's a um, one shot. I think there was one storyline that carried over into a secondary issue. So every yeah. everyone's kind um, of a one shot. No, I, 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 I've got quite a few questions for JM with this, just because okay. um, really? I'm just fascinated. I'm, well, I'm fascinated by it, you know, because okay. if you look in this, in, if you read this, right, um, uh, Commander Shrive, uh-huh. who's the human guy that leads the the um, the creature commander. Constantly calling them freaks and stuff. He's a 
he is fucking disgusting with like he 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 name calls them he mocks them well he's old you know school I mean? man he's old school dude like it's an old no, no, school no, no, drill no. sergeant kind of thing no 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 he t- he gets enjoyment out of it like he is laughing and but you don't think some of these like, there's a bit of sadistic pleasure enough for sure yeah for sure yeah but well, i get yeah no but i think what they were trying to do like again with this thing is that he's the monster oh right and the monsters are like more humane you know, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they are fighting okay. there. Wow. And that's what I said. I've got a lot of questions because, one, I want to know where the um, idea came from, obviously, uh, because they're not actually the universal monsters. They're based on them. So yes. uh, the Frankenstein is they somehow managed to replicate the fictional work <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah. of um, uh, Frankenstein, and, and they brought a GI back who st- uh, stood on a landmine. His name was Lucky. Yep. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Funny, His name's yeah. Lucky, and, and he stepped on a landmine. Then there's one guy who, to get out of 30 years in jail, yep, um, in military jail, agreed to like this thing that basically makes him a vampire. Yep. There's a guy who suffers from that lycanthropy. Is it, is it called lycanthropy? Lycanthropy. Yeah. And so they basically feed him with these serums that actually turns him into a werewolf. Um, and then later they are. Um, they're joined by a woman who basically has the snake hair like Medusa, Gorgon. Because she got turned um, into it with the chemicals when they smashed yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I want to ask him, though, is how come they went with the Gorgon and not uh, a, a, a creature from the Black Lagoon? Uh, that's stem? a good question. Put that into the Google document. That's a good question. No, that's what I'm saying. So I've, I've got a few questions. I've got a few questions about this group because I'm just fascinated by Don't, it. Like, I will give you this tip. Don't ask him too many because I know – that when you brought it up, no, last, about three or four. yeah, no, I know when he brought it up last time, he was almost, he was almost like slightly embarrassed. Is not the right word, but I think he thinks it's like so early on, and he was doing no, he a lot of growing. He, he, should, he shouldn't be embarrassed by it. No, he shouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, definitely not. It's, 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 it's a fantastic idea. Um, it's a great I think idea. Some really interesting elements in it, and no, because I just want to ask him questions like. Um, was it just easier to sort of have them all be experiments? Uh, like, would they be like? Was it maybe with like licensing that you couldn't actually use? Like, yeah, I w- that's. Can you ask or... him that question? Like, because I think it would have been better if they had been the actual monsters. Yeah, you know. And then I, obviously, I want to ask him: that Was he really going over the the Shrive stuff? Like, to 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 do the whole like the human looks uglier and acts uglier and, and like he's it. more monstrous towards them than the actual monsters. That's a deep question. Um, so, no, I've, got, I've got, there's maybe only about three or four. I'm not going to spend like, you know, fucking, no, no, it's good. Know, it's uh, good. I've, I I've, I've got about three or four questions I want to ask him on the creature because I've always been fascinated by the creature commanders. Honestly, I've always been. Wow. I, I've never a, heard of them. It's such a novel idea. It's just such an interesting. It is. It's such it's, an interesting idea. It's a great man. It's I, I really, really, genuinely uh enjoyed it like i i found like it's simplistic but it's 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 fascinating at the same time and like you know you had good you had him you had mike bark come on you had robert uh, robert kanika as well he's an old he's an old hand he wrote a lot of weird war tales and a lot of haunted tank and all that stuff um and he actually, as well, Rich, because um, I love a World War Two story. I'm a sucker for World War Two. You know, mm. um, I think it's there are so obviously it's a tragic fucking war, but there's so many fascinating stories uh, and and fiction that come out of that. And how about at the end? Did you read the final story? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I read the whole thing. Oh, yeah, because I, I got up to it, and I was tiring. I was really tired today, but I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And the final one, Robert Kaniger, when he heard, I read this on Wikipedia, when he when he was told that Weird Western War Tales was ending, like, in the early 80s, because obviously, you know, kind of like, it was kind of a 70s comic, wasn't it? A 60s, 70s comic, but it lasts like, 83 and he in the final one puts him into space, including himself. That's <laughs> the writer. <laughs> so, it Rob, was pretty funny, yeah. so Robert Canning sent, sent them all into space, including him. I also really liked the robot, GI, whatever it was called. That that episode was excellent, I thought. Hmm. And they even used um, GI Robot in it as well. That's what I'm saying. I, uh, I love GI Robot. I thought it was, I thought yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah. Because he was also part of the, uh, the, the Weird War tails and all that and in fact i believe there were six different gi robots that's really? why the one's called jake one and then he dies and then there's jake two um wow. what is it what did the jake stand for again it was like jungle automated kill uh, i can't remember what it, um you know what you know what i thought of when i thought of that i thought of 2008 and i thought of the abc warriors and rogue trooper yeah um, oh, sorry. It actually stood for. They changed it. So the original. <laughs> you know what the original thing for Jake was? The J A K E. Uh, it's going to be racial, I bet. Like yeah, Japanese <laughs> attack killer elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I believe they they changed it to in this book. I know in this run. Yeah. They did change it to uh, something like jungle. Um, uh, change it to because it was such a silly one. But I mean, there's only so much you can do when you when you're working with an established. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I really, really dug it. I thought it was so much fun, um, and like I, I really like that kind of stuff where it is, um, episodic. I, I find episodic stuff that often ends with kind of almost a question. You know how that? You know how episodic stuff often ends with sort of a question at the end. Um, hmm. Like, did we really do the right thing? There's always a bit of a conscience thing. You can see some of JM playing with some of his favorite concepts there. He he likes a sort of conscience question. Um, I I personally felt it really worked in a, in a major way. I I, I thought yeah. that this was it was it was his creation. He was a young writer. He wasn't the polished writer he later becomes, you know. But everybody has to start somewhere, you know. And oh yeah. If this is your and you start, know what, and and you should be proud of this. If this hmm. is your start, oh this yeah, is something to be yeah. proud of. Not not shy away from this is this is phenomenal creative work i'm this i am sorry if this is your early work i'd fucking much rather read this mm. uh when you were still sort of like learning your craft and honing your craft than a lot of the stuff today like honestly oh, gotcha. like if, if yeah. the, the, this is the level of and in fact this is what annoys me the most about dc right uh -huh. they have got so many great ideas yeah from the past you know what i mean like gi robot like the creature commandos and they could be having so much fun with it but i just don't think they have the writers that can actually do anything with it yeah that's a shame that's a shame because i don't know i just i you are right there's so much potential is what you're basically saying isn't there rich yeah. and, and i mean you know. the G, and the geo robot works anywhere because mm. it's a robot you could have him you know uh, maybe jake one is in world war two Maybe Jake Two is in Vietnam. Oh, you know what I mean? Put him in now, and, please. Yeah, yes. and then like Jake Jake Three is like Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Like oh, you could have a different yeah. version of Jake over the decades in different. Oh wars. yes, yes. I think 
you could just but again they don't do anything with it they've got no one coming up with these ideas man how many times have i said on this show that i want to write a story of just a killer bot going on killer missions and then coming back and recharging i could write this fucking story of gi robot whatever the fuck his name is like jake Mm. fucking let me let me put him out in the desert killing you know the terrorists and stuff please wiping out terror cells and all that kind of stuff Yes. Jake, Jake even appeared in Batman Brave and the Bold. <laughs> I'm going to be checking that issue out after this show, my friend. And, in fact, we might that, even do that. That, that, ep- that episode, you mean. Oh, right. It's the animated. Oh, right. Well, I will check that episode out then. I thought you meant in the comics. Right. Wow. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's in, he's in, uh, he has wow. a, a cameo in, in uh, I can't remember which one it is, but I'm, I remember seeing him. Because, again, I like all the... I, I'm not an would say an encyclopedia, but I, I love the older DC stuff. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I yeah. just love um that's why I said like I'm never the guy that's like been into like the big, big most popular stuff. Right. I'm always I'm always fascinated and drawn to the more obscure right. stuff because I just feel like there's there's a lot more imagination in those. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Because people, you know, it was an established thing or it was something new they were trying, and I just think you know, I, it's such a shame because I feel like there were such good ideas, yeah. And all these ideas now is just need a bit of reimagining or yeah. another go or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it be reinvented, and they just don't do it. You know, it's all well, Batman, Batman, Batman now. I, I love Batman, but there's just so much more to it, man. You know, there's there's so many more uh, avenues you could go down, and look. Honestly, uh, Creature Commandos was put out in a recent trade paperback. I read the digital edition. Uh, it's fun. Like I said, Jane DiMatteis, Mike Barr, Robert Kanika, these guys knew how to fucking get the job done. They knew how to win a fucking game. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're watching Masters at Work uh, with a pretty cool concept. There's a lot of good World War II action in here, by the way. A lot of good World War Two action. If you enjoy World War Two films, kind of that genre, there's some good shit here. Fighting Nazis and stuff, like a lot of conscience stuff. There's stuff like Killer Kids. There's robots. There's Dutch Underground that turned bad. There's, oh yeah, yeah. Like there's there, there isn't the uh, and this isn't like sanitized like PC crap. Like no. they've they've got the they've got the kids being slaughtered. Yeah. So one of the stories is after they the kids kill their right- parents, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they're brainwashing these kids and they've injected them with like the serum, right? That makes mm. them like strong and all that. And they're brainwashing them to 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 worship the Führer, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the kids like kill their parents for being like traitors or non-believers and all that sort of stuff. And they um the, the creature commanders are fighting these kids. And I mean, like they're holding back. I mean, these kids are trying to kill them, but yeah. something God, what happened? But some of the ki- one of the kids, oh, he got so frightened. By the, uh, I think it was um, the, the the vampire guy. Yeah. Um, that the the fear like um, shook him out of his thing, and he remembered killing his um, his mother, his mother, and he attacks the soldiers, and these attack and these soldiers just full him full of holes, like yeah. they they fucking shoot him dead, and then the other kids like something goes wrong with the serum, and they all start like melting, and I was like, shit, man, they're not holding. Yeah, they're not holding anything back with these sort of, and it's just fun stories. Um, uh, and again, lots of Nazi killing, which is always <laughs> always fun. And the, 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 and they kill the Pacific as well. That the one with uh, Jake is uh, in the Pacific yeah. theater. You know? Oh, I looked it up. So they changed it to the Jungle Automatic Killer. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
because uh, Jake was was basically stationed more in uh, yeah in the Pacific in the Pacific and the theater. Commandos were more in Europe. And I like that they in 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 that one. What's his name? GI Robot. Is that what he's called? Um, they call it GI Robot, but he's uh, and his designation is called Jake, which right. is uh, the Jungle Automatic Killer or the the more PC. <laughs> yeah. And when they do that as well, um, I like that they gave a send-off to the guy who he was traditionally associated with because that guy was obviously in other stories with him, like his, his sidekick, you know, his point yeah, man. I think his, uh, uh, yeah, I think his name was Mac or something. Yeah, and, and he got a send-off in that one where he teams up with um, the Creature Commandos. I enjoyed that a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah, really, Rich, you surprised me, my friend, with this one. You, you, you plucked this one out. I didn't know where you got it. It's, it's been on the list. It's been on the list for a while, but when you said uh, let's get some, you know, JM uh, going, some JM, I was like, well, this is a good time to then uh, yeah, to bring this one out. I'm giving, kind of saving it for a while. I'm giving it nine out of ten, Rich. I enjoyed it. Oh, I, I agree, nine out, and 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 yeah, nine out of ten, easy, easy score. And I just get so sad because I'm like, could you imagine? Ah, oh, just that, even just GI the, the GI robot. I know that's not a JM creation, but even that guy by himself, the oh, stories yeah. you could right. tell. Mm. You know of of uh, of killing of that character, just you know, um, because the original um, Jake one, oh no, sorry, Jake two, I think is destroyed on Dinosaur Island. <laughs> right. Okay. You know what I mean? And again, just those uh, these cool things you could have where you know you could have this killer Robert, but you can interject some fantasy and sci-fi into history. You know, this, mm. it's just it's at this point it's fictional history. Yeah, it's not actual history. You know what I mean? It's fictionalized yeah. history, so yeah. you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, man, it's it's it was a hell of a lot of fun. Nine out of ten. Um, really, really fun, fun comic. Now, I do want to point out a few show notes, uh, which I probably should have done before, but we'll do them now. Um, we have the Patreon, um, and I really would appreciate it if if listeners would at least give it a try. You get some exclusive content, and you'll help towards the show running costs, um, which can be extensive. So it's Patreon dot com slash signal of doom and for a little as one dollar per month you get ex- exclusive content uh and it's much appreciated now we are members of the collective um we have a lot of shows on there like ghost spider groupies into the night brian biggie then a demons you've got capes and lunatics and i turned up this week on capes and lunatics uh, in ultimate spider cast that that episode went live rich where i was talking about the clone saga um, mm-hmm. we're, we're slowly going through it and I'm sort of like a monthly fixture on there now. I have a great time with Phil and Ray. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Um, nice. yeah, and always a lot of fun. There's a lot of good material at, um, at, at the collective. We've also got Sons of the Dragon, uh, the Iron Fist podcast, um, run by Connor, obviously, and Last Sons of Krypton run by Connor and Ray, which is a classic. Now, uh, we will have... Oh, yeah, by next show, look, if you've got any questions for Jamie DiMatteis, please uh, either send them to me on Facebook personally or message the show at Signal of Doom, um, or you can email them um, as well at signalofdoom at gmail.com. But the easiest way would be to email, sorry, Facebook, either myself or the show, because I run all all that stuff, um, so that would be easy. So if you could do that, that would be much appreciated. We will have Jay on next week. So we will actually have an episode before that, um, and we're going to be doing Batman Going Sane, which is a James DiMatteis, which I believe ran in Legends of the Dark Knight uh, comic, where they had interchanging creators do arcs. It was a really good comic series, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think he said it was one of his favourite things he'd written, actually, Batman Going Sane. So 
I think I'm definitely going to have some questions from that, and I and that was kind of why I put Batman on the menu this week too with the with the two faced story. I thought it'd be interesting. Batman's back on the menu, boys. He's never too far off the menu with me. <laughs> um, now, uh, Rich, uh, any final wrap up comments from you? Like, what current rate? If I want to place a hit, what what are you charging now these days? Oh, this entrapment that you've been doing yeah, now for I know, years. I know, really, but I like to get the really information. Like... I like to get the information. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, are you the yeah, guy yeah, to call? Here's a good one for you. Mm. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. I love it. I love it a lot, Rich. <laughs> That's exactly. You've got to want it. You've got to need it. Uh, look, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.